Well, hello. Got a new episode that I'm really excited to give you guys. It's uh, Imperial Oak Brewing over in Willow Springs. Dudes were awesome. I talked to Grant and Brett, both uh, co-owners and brewers. Uh, Brett, I believe, was considered the the head brewer, uh, for whatever that's worth, but uh, both dudes were equally awesome. Uh, you know you can find them. Just go to Facebook and search Imperial Oak Brewing. Uh, they have a website, imperialoakbrewing.com. They post twice a week. It's pretty awesome. They give you a lot of information, what's on tap, what's coming up. And then you can follow them on Twitter as well, at, at Imperial Oak. The place is ridiculously awesome. We talked about, I mean, a million different things about their awesome new Savage Oak sour program about how they got started just like uh any other episode of this show on average joe's above average beer podcast so please uh give it a listen i think you guys are gonna really enjoy it and their tap room is amazing and they have cans now for the first time there's a lot of exciting stuff coming out of imperial oak and as for me you can uh find me like you always do on instagram on twitter on facebook you can just search average joe's above average beer podcast Uh, i need to need the likes i need the subscription so subscribe on itunes google play store stitcher radio you can find me on all those avenues and just uh hang out with me on instagram share stuff tell me some stories tell me what you're drinking oh and follow me on untapped as well at joe bob 41 and you can get me about the same way on anything else so without further ado here is imperial oak Hey, what's up? Welcome into another episode of Average Joe's Above Average Beer Podcast. I'm sitting in uh, the beautiful space off the side of the tap room of Imperial Oak out in your Willow Springs, right? Indeed. Yep. All right, who am I joined by here, fellas? I'm Grant. And he's Brett. He doesn't <laughs> want to tell you his <laughs> I'm, name. I'm Brett. He's like, I'll let, I'll let him tell. <laughs> yeah. We actually call this the Savage Oak Room because we do our Savage Oak Sour series over here. So I don't want to just like rip the Band-Aid off, but tell me a little bit about the Savage Oak. Oh, uh, I don't know. Go ahead, Brett. Start it up. Well, uh, we expanded uh, actually just about a year ago, and the main reason we expanded was to add seating because we needed it, especially in the winter time. But we were trying to. We decided we wanted to do some sort of brewing space over here. One thing we've all kind of wanted to do is wild and sour beers, and we were kind of paranoid about doing it in our regular brewery, so we kind of dedicated part of the space to our wild and sour program, and we decided, uh, we were talking about what to call it, and we decided to give it its sort of own branding, kind of like the brewery does, and several other places do, so. Well, Savage Oak sounds pretty badass. So yeah, it sounds pretty no, cool. There's no Ties fight in that. There's no fighting. main name. Mm-hmm. And it's cool that we're, look to my left here, and I see awesome barrels filled with, I'm guessing, awesome stuff right now. Yeah, yeah all these barrels in stuff. here are yeah. all wild, sour beers. And the world thanks you for that. I mean, I think you guys are probably seeing it, too. Just more people want it. More people yep. want it now. It's becoming available to them, and I'm thinking they want it. So Willow Springs, um, where you guys, what, do you know the address off the top of your head? In case 501 okay. Willow Boulevard. So if anybody's not been here. And if you haven't been here. What's wrong with you? It's not really the easiest place because we're not on a busy street. We're kind of in the back of what would be a very small industrial area, I suppose. If you get to that corner of Archer and Willow Springs Road, or if you go south, that road turns into Flavin. Uh, we are behind the 7-Eleven, easy enough to use that term. Or if you follow the signs that say Metra stop this way, we're right across from the Metra. Is your parking lot dominated by Metra people? Does um, that happen? There's a lot across the street. They're yeah, yeah, they're not to supposed be. to park in there. <laughs> we use their lot after hours, so we can't complain too no. much. 
<laughs> it's a little give and take. Symbiotic, isn't that what they call that? So tell me more. Tell me more about the Imperial Oak story here. We are a couple of home brewers that have paired up with the bar owner is kind of the quick and easy way to say it. We met at Brixie's in Brookfield. I've been to Brixie's before. Yeah. It's a nice spot. So we have a homebrew club called Brixie's Brewers that we are still relatively supportive of and, and work with. We do uh, competitions where we'll take the winners and uh, brew some of their... Well, you'll scale it up here? Yep, we'll scale it up. Oh, that's awesome. We do that for a couple other uh, brew competitions too. But uh, back to the main story, I guess, is we would meet once a month and Brett and I seemed to be the only ones that really wanted to talk about opening a pub. Like, let's actually do this. And I think it was about four years worth of those conversations once a month that accumulated into, okay, tomorrow I'm going to start this. So... I started looking for stuff, and then where in the meantime, start that process. Uh, like, where does that begin? Looking for a space, basically. Just looking, like it's what, like, like googling real estate, or yep. you're talking to an actual agent, or yep. And well, an, uh, uh, LLC getting our. Uh, well, like, even yeah. before that, it was like okay, it was just Brett and I when we first had this idea. Like, yes, this is going to be a thing. And then Brett says to me, maybe a week after I had been sending him emails about, here's the next step I'm going to take, here's the next step. And uh, he says, well, you know, Chris DeBracchio is his last name, who owns Brixie's. I talked to him about it, and he's kind of interested too. He didn't think we were this serious about it, but he's always kind of had an idea of, like, he would like to be part of a brewery too. And it just kind of worked out that he had a – beer club that met at his place and we said yes that sounds good you are very good at running this bar so you can be very good at running our bar and uh we worked on the beer and he worked on the staffing and and that's a short story so what was his uh what's his involvement now what what is he labeled as i guess you guys are considered what co-owners and brewer head brewer he's also there's we have three partners that own it it's me grand chris and we've kind of evolved into our own little roles, and Chris pretty much runs the the, the front of house side, the bar side. Okay. Uh, I kind of run Playing the brewery. Playing to his strength. Yeah. Playing to his strength. And then Grant does a lot of the promotional stuff and organizing all the events and all the all that stuff. Too. You're the guy I'm going to bother once this episode goes up. Yeah. Like, hey, share it, share it, <laughs> share it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's part of it. And then I also do things from... I don't know, ordering a lot of stuff that happens here. So, like, we'll talk about, okay, we need this many barrels to make Quiet Giant barrel-aged for next year. So Brett's going to get these barrels from this guy, and I'm going to get a different kind of barrel from that guy, and we're going to put these all together and make, like, one, you know, nice big jam of Quiet Giant barrel blend. And the people are clamoring for it, as as far as I can tell in the beer world. Quiet Giant does quite well. Um, So... What what happens in between all that? I mean, I know I know you're trying to give me like a nutshell story, but I'm not about the nutshell. I'm all about, I'm about here. Let's hear, let's hear some more. So from that stage of like you're looking for a spot, you you got you got Chris, you got you got Brixie's uh, guy over here. So we really only looked at maybe what's your timeline? Maybe eight places, ten places, because we all kind of want to stay close to where we're at. I'm in Lagrange, and these guys are not too far, and he's in Brookfield, and Chris is in um, Lagrange Park. And so we were all just like, let's kind of look around the area, but stay far enough away from Brixie so we're not a huge competition with them. And 
when we got to this space, like I said, as maybe the sixth or eighth stop, we all kind of looked at it and kind of looked at each other and we stood outside and looked back at the building and looked at the forest that's across the street and just kind of said, this is a pretty chill spot. Like if we were to put a patio out here, that would be a really nice draw. Oh, and by the way, there's a Metro stop there and there's bike trails right behind that. So we could really, you know, make this a, a community thing where it's like people who live in the neighborhood that are getting off the train are right able to come in. The guys that are done riding bikes with their families are able to stop in and we'll just put a bike rack out and people can sit here and drink and it really that's exactly what happened i'm surprised it worked out to our vision so easily we kind of got lucky though if you remember because we were actually looking at a different space that wouldn't work out for us there was like a small which one the one in Lyons with the auto auto dealer. Oh yeah, it was right around the corner from it was, Buckle Down. Well, it was really so close to Buckle Down, but we were kind of talking another about another nice spot. Yeah, we were kind of talking about what we like and didn't like, and the leasing agent was like, "Oh, okay, I got this spot that might work." And it, this place had not actually gone on the market yet, so he called the owner of the building and asked him if it was okay There's to show it to us. So yeah. We actually got the lease for this place before it ever even saw the market. So, Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So you kind of saw it new. Yeah, definitely. But so what were some of the challenges leading up to that? I mean, did you guys have any trepidation? Where did you guys come from before this? Like, you, you were just, you always knew you were going to do this? or like, did My you mama. Have to, yeah. My mom. <laughs> I was in my mom's basement. No, like I mentioned, I still have a day job. I've been at Comcast for almost 18 years now, and Brett was a teacher before that, and Chris still you. obviously has uh, Brixie, so we we're all kind of like either tired of what we're doing in Brett's case or just looking for more to do. And Apparently you, you know, wanted a few full-time jobs all at once. Okay. Yeah. I get yeah. it. And then let me have a no, couple kids at the same time. Oh, okay. And yeah, that'll be a piece of cake, No right? complications at all. Yeah. So what did you teach before before this all went down? I was a uh, high school chemistry teacher. Jesus. Yeah. And, uh, did you show I, them how to brew beer? No. Or is that frowned upon? It's definitely frowned upon. I've gotten the Breaking Bad reference on several oh, I occasions. Bet. I bet. But this is legal, so <laughs> yeah. it's a little different. But, uh, yeah, I taught for about nine years. Uh, I, I, I kind of ended up in a district I really didn't like, and I was at that point in my career where it was I was kind of stuck where I was. We had just had our second kid, so half of my paychecks were going to daycare. So we kind of decided to, you know, take a chance, do something different, and probably the best, probably the best decision Prob- I ever made. Probably. Well, come on, I, look at this place. So, uh, well, I, I, if my wife listens to this, I have to say, you know, <laughs> probably. Probably. She you know, was definitely, uh, obviously, the best. Yeah, decision that was you the ever best. Made, but, you know. So it's the fourth best. But besides was it really a decision? I my mean, wife uh, and my two children. It was the fourth best decision I've ever made. So, I'm. Um, I guess uh, to continue that maybe is like, all right, what's the number one thing breweries need to open? Money, right? So where did that come from? Well, we all chipped in, but we could all still use a little more. And um, so we started this kind of non-Kickstarter Kickstarter called our Snifter Society. So we have 19 members that were able to donate enough money, which was at the time $1,000 each for every time you walk in the door. The beer is on us, or your first beer is on us. So that's, that's actually that was kind of their yeah. their 
payment back for that and so that was able to raise some funds for us and we didn't really open on a shoestring as far as some of the other stories i've heard but um, <laughs> i would say uh, it happens sometimes yeah, yeah. we uh, had a few minor investors yep. i mean less than 10 percent um we're lucky we didn't have we don't have any money people all three of us are actively involved in the business it's kind of your spot yeah you would um, make the decisions I, I would actually as far as the brewery goes i would say we did start out a shoestring because <laughs> but we the, didn't start um, with a one and a half barrel we no, started with a seven barrel we did start with a seven barrel we actually started with the same brewing system we did now but and there were some other things. There's a lot of places that roll fermenters in and yeah. out of their cooler. We didn't have That's to do true. that. You know, we, we kind of got lucky in some ways where we kind of engineered how it was going to happen without having to take the biggest shortcuts. Yeah. Well, we didn't have things like a hot water on demand, a keg nope. washer, right. things like that. Like Jacketed fermenters. It was some the long, stuff you built long over time days. Or yeah, right. some accumulated long days over time. Yeah. yeah. There was yeah, there's some definite elbow grease that went into the beginnings of this place versus you know right. your big quick started uh, you know money backing. Type. Yeah, we did not have. We did use a contractor for some of the build out, but I spent quite a few long days building some of the tables, painting the walls, you know, installing different aspects of this, that, or the other. But we didn't have to do it all ourselves, which you know we had other jobs we couldn't do it all ourselves, so we. Now, minus some of the some of the maybe changes, you know, with the, the Savage Oak stuff coming in here, is this kind of how you open day one? This visual, this current day look, uh, the tap room and this room that we're off into the side was this all yours, or was this something that was expanded out the, over time? The room we're in right now was expanded over time. The original About space a year old now was next door, um, just the the tap room with the bar and the brewery space. That's all we had. Okay, because yeah, I always remember coming in here and just. I st- I'm in there, you know, yeah. that, that's yeah. it. You know, this is kind of my first time being in this other extra space here, which bodes super well for you guys in the summer, right? I've seen great photos, and I've been here in the summer when people are out on yeah. the yes. outside of your spot and the picnic tables. Yeah, like I was mentioning with the forest across the street, we're not on a real busy, busy street, so there's no trucks, you know, making dust up and down the, the highway or whatever you want to say, the, the main drag there. It's like we are on a little side corner street where – when you're out having a beer you can actually hear the birds chirping you can see people riding bikes without having to stop at a crosswalk because they're about to get you know drilled by a semi yeah yeah Yeah. so it's really a kind of oasis in the middle of like the suburbs that have the city feel that then has like a little bit of a you're out in the park forest kind of feel so it's a good spot all right, well, I would be remiss if I didn't direct our attention to the glasses we have lined up yeah, on the table. let's get on these. Let's talk about, uh, where are we going first? Well, let's go with the light one first there. The light this one first the, sounds uh, good to watermelon me. watermelon Berliner Weiss. All right, everybody get in there. We're talking watermelon Berliner Weiss. And name? Well, go ahead. Uh, it's a little <laughs> in flux. Uh, right it's now, our a bit. Berliner Weiss we call Dom Birignan, like the champagne Beautiful. of beers. Um, champagne of the North. We're, uh, we've, we've made this beer for a long time as a kettle-soured beer. Uh, we don't kettle-sour this anymore. This is actually part of our Savage Oak program, so we're going to probably change the name of it to fit it in with those other, the other series. It's um, beautiful, by the way. So what we do is, instead of kettle-souring, we do a mixed fermentation with lactobacillus and Britannomyces, wild yeast. Uh, we actually don't use any regular beer yeast, or not to get too technical, Saccharomyces. No, get, go ahead. 
There's so going to be some people that want to eat. is regular beer yeast, ale, and lager. There's lots of different strains of that that give you everything from nice, clean American beers to super fruity Belgian beers. Uh, but then there's Britannomyces, which is considered a wild yeast. But that's the same thing. It has a lot of um, different strains to it. That's me. But uh, the different you get different flavors out of Britannomyces than Saccharomyces. You get some real intense tropical fruity pineapple flavors and some more kind of funky barnyard type flavors. Uh, the strains we use in this are more on the fruit forward side. So uh, the base beer itself is a little fruitier than a typical Berliner Weiss. Um, I can taste the watermelon in it, which sometimes, I mean, you get some, uh, you get a sour or kettle sour, I mean, whatever it is, and you, it's got a flavor attached to it, yeah. but you don't always get it, you know, that, that right. definitely is like, and it's not like, uh, it doesn't taste like candy watermelon, right. it tastes like watermelon. Right, yeah. and we, it's when true, we add it's the not f- a fake flavor right. at all. Yeah, right. when we fruit them, we use real fruits or fruit concentrate, juice, juice or juice concentrates, and we, uh, we add them in the fermenter so that the simple sugars ferment out so they don't end super sweet. Can you explain a little bit about, you mentioned at the beginning of this, this conversation about you're not kettle souring them anymore. Can you do like a quick little for dummies on? Sure, yeah. Uh, so kettle soured beers, what you do is you do the first part of the brewing process. It's which an is easier process? Is that it, it's is an that easier, right or wrong? It's an easier and much quicker process. So for kettle sours, what you do is you do the first part of the brewing process, which is the mash, where you basically soak the grains in hot water to convert the starches into sugars. And you put it in the brew kettle, and you add bacteria to that kettle and let it get sour overnight. Then you boil it just like a regular beer. So the boiling stops the activity of that bacteria. So with kettle-soured beers, there's no wild yeast or anything like that. You just get nice, clean sourness. Which serves a purpose, but it's also very one-dimensional and very simple. Um, you also we, don't have to worry about the way we do it or other brewers do it, cross-contaminating. Like, that gets boiled the right. next day. It doesn't go into any line right. with any live bacteria or anything right. in so it. So you're I've killing people anything. people say they have to kind of, like, you have to dedicate certain equipment if you want to do, like, a more serious, sour right. program. So that's kind of what we wanted to do with the, the Savage Oak stuff is not worry about contaminating our other equipment because that's all we use the equipment for. So that's the benefit of it is you can get a sour beer in basically the same amount of time as a regular beer and you're boiling it so you're killing the bacteria so you're not risking infection. What we're doing now is we do a co-pitch with the and the bacteria kind of keeps going so it's a slower process and with the bacteria and the Britannomyces you get what we feel, anyway, is a little bit more complex beer. It I've, tastes delicious, first of all. Thank you. <laughs> but then the the watermelon, even though the um, sugars are fermented out for the most part, that it still gives you that perceived sweetness, which knocks that sourness off. If you were just to have like a full Berliner Weiss, it's going to be yeah. much sour. And I guess traditionally, you know, they will add the woodruff or the what is it raspberry yep yep yeah i've seen that to, quite a to bit. kind of back sweeten it a little bit and by us adding the watermelon and still letting it ferment you still keep that nice sour but have that little bit of fruit that adds your palate to say oh this isn't too tangy this isn't like licking a lemon this is this is good 
Yeah, I've seen that at uh, a couple of places. Like I uh, just did Maplewood recently, and they had just put a burr line around the day before, and uh, they make their own three house syrups, you know, that you could add a little shot of that to right. it. And, and then Hailstorm would add, like, the Polish uh, raspberries, uh, mm-hmm. you know, concentrate-type stuff uh, right into a shot of their Eichbin burr liner or whatever they called it. Had, like, a jelly donut on the can. So that's something that I had not seen before, but it's... Something, do you guys do that here? Do you guys do like the syrup option with some of these? We or? do. Yeah, we have them behind the bar, and let, we don't make our own or anything. But we have. I think it's by request only. You it's have by to, request. Yeah. yeah. For the real, the real uh, Berliner like, geek. Would you yeah. like it with that? <laughs> yeah. It's like you're gonna drink. It's it not like on this, the menu. It's not on the board up up in the chalkboard. Right. No. <laughs> so who names the beers first of all? It's kind of a collaboration. Yeah. Everybody like know. it just We'd feels right. Pulled from our homebrew background as well as just kind of thinking, you know, with the, he was saying, we're changing the name of this one to kind of go in line with the rest of our sour series. Uh, so we're trying to kind of stick in a, a theme of like a color. So straw is one of them. Uh, this one will be changed to blanc. Um or single words more than colors uh, because our... They're almost like hair colors. Yeah. <laughs> Temptress. Ruby and gold. So those are like, you know, the, the the other series. But then we also have Funk, which is the the IPA in the Sour Side. But funk. Yeah. You guys have a Brett IPA on right now. What does the Brett add to the traditional IPA? Uh, it's uh, It does give it a little, just a hint of that sort of earthy, barnyardy thing, but... It's Again, funny when you tell somebody barnyardy thing. Yeah, you know, it's like, hard yeah, to, why would you want beer to why taste would you like want that? that? But, but we, when you taste it, you're like, oh yeah, no, that's but good. But we do it. Those are again, those are more fruit forward, uh, Brett strains that we use in there. So you get some of those tropical pineapple flavors, and then we do a big late hop and dry hop with it. So you get you know kind of the it, we use mosaic and. Citra, some of the classic ones. So you get, get that sort of more citrusy hops, more. Okay. More, uh, I don't know what's the word. More well-known, typical hop flavors that kind of blend with that. More run-of-the-mill kind yeah. of flavor. Okay. And it finishes. Brett uh, also ferments the beer really dry, so it finishes dry. So it's a nice. It's a good summer beer. It's really refreshing with a lot of citrus and tropical fruit flavors. This gives you like that Pinot finish, like that. Yeah. Like, okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's nice. So what, what is that? What's that clock in at ABV wise? The Berliner is four and a half. Four and a half. And then the... Smashable beer all summer. Yeah. The the Funk and the our other one that we do right now is the Straw is a, a Brett Saison. Uh, those are both right around 6%. Are you guys seeing like an uptick in the Sours and the Saisons and the farmhouse type stuff where people are like getting more acclimated to them or is it kind of... Uh, in the summer for sure. Uh those types of beers definitely seem to sell better when it was nice outside, when it was warm outside, which makes sense if you think about it. They're all kind of tart and dry and refreshing. Uh, we in the summertime we were selling; they were selling faster than I thought they would. Yeah, um, I think you're just talking more maybe in the industry. Is it being more of a trend well, and industry and like these is. people? You know, it's getting people in the in the craft beer door. I guess you yeah. know, like from the Miller Lights and the yeah. Coors and all that there stuff. There was a good it's minute like, I did not like sours for you know. Yeah. Until you know, I've had a few. And I was like, okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, now I get where they're coming from. You know, it's, I had it's, my first sour in in a pool in 2014, I think, in in uh, 
South Carolina and Myrtle Beach. You thought it was part of the pool of water, maybe? Yeah. (laughs) I just happened to, my my daughter was three at the time, and she's swimming with another girl around her age, and the wife's talking to my wife, and she's like, my husband's coming tomorrow. He's on business right now. Next day he comes in. I'm I'm at that stage in my craft beer life where I'm buying gumball head and zombie dust at every turn, you know. Uh, I brought a bunch of it We've to Myrtle Beach. We've all been there, man. Right? It's okay. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. They make great beer, but yeah, you know, you grow out of it. I'll, I still buy zombie dust every yeah. time I see it. Oh yeah, it's, it's still delicious when it's fresh, man. Um, so I'm sitting in the pool, and the next day, husband comes and he's like, "Hey, you know, we introduce ourselves." Well, it turns out he's a uh, he works for uh, Terrapin, the arm of Budweiser sure. uh, down south. Uh, the Terrapin stuff. He was in, he was at Boulevard all week on business, doing you know whatever he was doing, getting their beer out to them, uh, doing something with them. And he comes in with, "You got zombie dust upstairs? You got gumball head upstairs?" I'm like, "Yeah, I got a bunch oh, of it yeah. up there." So he's like, "Let me get you some stuff." And he gives me a Westbrook sour. And I'd never had one. He's like, I want to see your face when you drink this. Mm. And it says right on the can, it's got like a picture of a pretzel and something on there. And it says sweet and salty. And I'm like, what is this? How long ago was this? This was four years ago. Right. So that's kind of like probably one of the first ones on the market, right? Like kind of when it started. That's what he told me. Westbrook Goza. That's a great beer. Yeah. Yeah, I I propped that thing up in the pool and and he was like, huh? You know, looking at me with that face. Like, what do you think? What do you think? I'm like, it's good. It's odd. It's It's very odd. And now, you know, I came home and I'm like... Who makes these? Like, where can yeah. I find something like this? You know, because you can't get Westbrook out here as far as I know. But, you know, I think I went to, like, Anderson Valley or, you know, tried to find these yeah. ones. It's an Some interesting. Goes as they got, yeah. But you guys have seen a huge uptick. I'm taking it now. Like, people are more used to that style now or, like, oh, they're yeah. requesting it more. Yeah, we have yeah. dedicated handles that just are sours, and we have all these barrels that we're looking at that are just sours. So it's like. I didn't mean to dominate the podcast with my stupid story, but I just. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my, my bad, but so I'm not trying to call Zombie Dust stupid either. By the no, way, I, no. I love that beer all. for the longest time, but I, I kind of want to say that people's perception of it has changed a little bit. It was kind of almost one of those gateways where it was like 100 wow, percent gateway. What is this beer? And then people were able to start kind of figuring out and brewing it, and it's like, well, it's not as you know such a whole you know, mess rock star that it used to be uh, yeah, yeah like there's just something about it that still rings true as like a very very good ipa yes. well i mean that being said we definitely see more people drinking those kinds of beers but our ipas still outsell all of our other beer they styles turn, they turn handles one. as far as i've yeah. been told by you know with the 11 episodes i've done of this show i mean that's and and i've been in contact with uh chris uh, chris betts over at transient you know and he's a he loves sours. I mean, he loves to brew them and all That's that. All he and he's does, like, right? but, but he's hitting it so big with this juice is loose and you know his his hazies and double dry hopped IPAs. It's kind of like they they turn the taps over and over and they keep kicking the keg. So it's like you got to keep making them to kind of do one thing. You know, you put it in on this side and then you can put it into your sour program or whatever. But it's kind of an interesting time with, when it comes to the industry itself and how people are double barrel or you know barrel aged anything barrel aged anything hazy. It's just huge right now i mean I you guys the, seeing the that? hazy thing is a little little more than people thought it was i think a lot of people thought it was just going to be like yes that is what black ipa kind of came and went i mean people still love them i and still love still, them yeah they're still great but ones you guys have one on tap right now right yeah, yeah we do punch you in the eye yeah, yeah. Well, see we've kind Dude, of that's rude yeah. we've always <laughs> been uh about variety having a lot of different options a lot of different styles so uh, for us to add in the sours and it just made sense. It's like another thing that people can do. I mean, we make a, a New England style IPA too. It's 
kicked right now. We have a new Hype. batch. Yeah, like, I've had it, and it's you guys do a great yeah, job. Yeah, we on have that. it coming on. It's yeah. not like uh, like here's your orange juice. It's like a nice no, balance of taste. You know, you get that of, flavor, and you get an kind IPA of too. Our like, thing too. I'm not a big. I'm not big on sweet IPAs, so ours it definitely has more body. We do the whole double dry hopping thing and the water chemistry. The mouthfeel is good. Right. Like that's but as thing. far as like adding lactose and stuff, that's just not my thing. I just, I don't know. We still add about 200 pounds of flour to it. Yeah. Jesus, I've heard that. I've heard <laughs> but, that story uh, before too, man. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy. So, I mean, there's kind of a the thing about, like, are you going to make them or aren't you? Like, I mean, we make every other beer style, so why wouldn't we try this too? I mean, yeah, we gotta, still gotta, like, make black IPAs. You your own ass we, and be like, you know, I'm not that above you know what, what we're doing yeah here. We, like, I get we're it. all for trying you know we made one people liked it so we made it again it's not <laughs> that's i've seen some people high five over you know like don't don't get into that craze like staying you know but it's not i think eric told me over at iron and glass he's like there are breweries that make uh hazies and there are breweries that will be making hazies you know like, right. well and we kind of i mean the the beer sells well i'm not gonna say it doesn't but it doesn't like which is not what it's about but yeah well no. no but i'm just as far as a reference point for our standpoint it's not like when people come in here when it's on that's all they buy right it doesn't move that much better than any of our other ipas to be totally don't have well, let's be honest your your crank yeah. it your crank it series we, with the variant hops and, the and, the, and the prediction stuff is amazing yeah and that stuff job. sells you know i mean if it just in terms of that's how i look at it in terms of how 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 much our customers like our beers so i know they like it but it's not like that's the only reason people are coming here is because of our hazy ipa it's just another style of beer for us to have that you know, some of our customers want a hazy IPA, so we make one for them. But yeah. we're not going to stop making crank it hop either. It feels like the right approach. I mean, yeah. yeah, that yeah, that wasn't part of our game plan when we opened. Like back when we were talking about the pub starting, it was well, let's brew beer we want to brew, and I think that's everybody's idea. Hetty Topper wanted to brew that style yeah. of beer. They we wanted okay to brew, that. yeah, yeah. We wanted to brew big barrel-aged strong beers because that's what we like to drink and brew so we kind of rolled that over which segue into the next beer well, you, know, you get stale to keep brewing the same shit over and over too right yeah. I mean, um and with the savage oak stuff is that is that something that you guys are well you may have already done it and i just missed it or something but i know you guys do big things with double d's and big things with uh with was it Giant? Uh, Quiet Giant. Quiet yeah. Giant, right. So you do big releases. Have you done anything with, from your Savage Oak series yet? We haven't really release started uh, packaging that yet. Uh, we're going to start packaging it, but... Um, we really just started this space last year, Jan- end of January, so we haven't had time to really barrel age and But nice it's in sour. the plans? Oh, it's yeah. in the plans. It's, it's almost here. I don't want to like compare you guys to everyone else, but you know, I'm thinking like Penrose Wild series type releases like that. I think yeah, that, that's we something we need to see more of. Like, well, I love and that. we're yeah. definitely going to do that. Most of this, the stuff we have available now is kind of, it, it, like it's not kettle soured, as I said, but it's still quicker turnaround stuff. Our, when we start, there's a few that we have going now, uh, as Grant mentioned earlier, our Golden Ruby, our, our kind of like our Flanders. Our, our Flanders style and our Lambic style, not to get crucified by the the, the purist, but yeah, that right. style of beer. I think when it's those come out, by. yeah, those are, you know, going to be aged for a year plus in barrels. When those start coming out, we'll have more releases for those. Um, 
We're also doing some like soured versions of some of our big Belgian beers, like our quad and our Belgian style. Oh, and cool. Big honey saison, and we have a triple. So we're doing some barrel-aged sour versions of those, too. So I think when those come out, that'll be more of a release yeah, than... Okay. Uh, we just haven't really calendar kind of day. Yeah, it's just right. It's kind of right now. The stuff we're putting out now isn't, I guess, not the the flagship stuff that that, that, all that stuff in barrels right now. It won't see the light of day for another which is fine. Six to eight months. Just let it go. People will thank you for it down the road. Uh, You guys just canned some stuff, right? That's new. That's yeah. new, right? Can you yeah. guys talk about that a little bit? What happened there? Um, All of a sudden, I looked on Facebook, and I saw cans of Prediction, <laughs> and I saw cans of well, Buzz Light Beer, right? If yep. you're not doing something different, you're sitting still, I guess. So yeah. it's like we decided dying. to, to yeah, put a put a cooler in here and see, you know, do people really want to take this in a can somewhere? And, and sure I'm thinking they do. They yeah. do. Yeah, yeah, it's it's been... Uh, Getting some That's got to be number one, right? There. Like everybody's, like, well, when are you going to do cans? Don't you hear that a lot? No, yeah. you do no? hear it a lot. Yeah. yeah, people are trying to get away from the bigger format bottles, and this gives us a way to put some of our non-high gravity stuff, like our our sessionable stuff, into a format where people can take and and you know come in and have a pint and grab one to go. Or if you don't want to sit around and wait for somebody to fill a crowler, not that there's anything wrong with that. Like Super Bowl weekend, you're going to have four cans go, of prediction yeah. and pain. I mean, yeah, come on. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we just kind of started kicking it around, and I met somebody. Uh, Phil's Mobile Canning is the people so that we use. So you mobile canning. Yeah. Do you know anybody who's used them in the past? Is that how you figured, you know, like that's the way to go? They or were at like one of the brewers' uh, meetings, the guild meetings, that uh, we just talked to them and were like, you know, not right now, but maybe in the future, yeah. And then it was maybe six months later that it was like, okay, we're ready for that phone call. And then so you didn't lie, see? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know uh, even years back when uh, Josh and them were at Hailstorm, they used to do the mobile canning before they had their own stuff. It was always an interesting thing that, to me. That was you know? just recent, too. He got that at the end of the summer. Yeah, it wasn't even not too yeah. long ago. Yeah. So that mobile canning was like, a, I didn't know that was a thing. That's pretty awesome. I mean, so you guys have plans down the road or just on a wish list somewhere? Like, canning would be nice to have some form of it. Like, yeah, we're, t- we're talking about it. We are very space limited. Yeah. Um, if you'd have seen them in here with uh, even a modest size canning line. I believe I saw some pictures maybe on Instagram uh, or Facebook or pretty something. Pretty much took up our entire brewery. So there's smaller, more manual ones that are available that we've talked about, but we're going to do a few runs with them. What's that brand? A wa- Goose, Wild Goose or something? Do they make the canning machines? Uh, I don't know uh, what the line they have. There's like, there's like a 250 and It's not Wild Goose, though. And, uh, I don't know. There's, there's a few of them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we're talking, but we're do- we're gonna do a few mobile runs, get a few different brands out there. Well, out here, get some I guess. more labels in the works. So, yeah, nice. next time around, kind of get people used to it, and then go from there. So you get good reception though when you put the cans out. I take it. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. I'm definitely trying to leave here with four of something. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm a fan. Yeah, but we're gonna do two more here coming up pretty soon. We're gonna do Crank It Hop and Utterly Black, the Milk Stout. Do you have a, a hop in mind that you want to can, or just whatever's in there now, Simcoe, uh, Mosaic, whatever? I haven't gotten that as far yet. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we, uh, yeah it's I'm usually to a rotating news. hop, so I think I guess yeah. we, we got to make a rotating the label hop. say, you know, right. a rotating hop. I, I don't know. for the canning, we'll probably do one of our more popular ones. Uh, Simcoe, Amarillo, like a Sim, Citra, Sim, like Simcoe, Equinot, Simcoe, yeah. Mosaic. Those all are always the ones people like a lot. Simcoe by itself isn't 
I love it, but it's that. But when you mix Simcoe with one of the f- new fruity ones, people it they just, go ape shit. Yeah, yeah it's delicious. <laughs> yeah, so that'll probably be what it is. Do you guys have like a favorite hop? I know it's a dumb question, but like, my favorite hops Mosaic. Since the first time I tried it's number it, number one. Mine's I Simcoe. Love I love it. Simcoe. Yeah. I'm all about the Motuecas now. I don't know yeah. what it is. Uh, those are new ones. I mean, really digging. You're talking new ones, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm just talking from. You know, eight years ago, home brewing is like Simcoe was new. Yeah. It's like when that came out, oh, you know, shit. and then Mosaic came out maybe a year and a half later. Well, and I and like they're in the same kind of range. Yeah, and, exactly. and, and everything has it now. I mean, what I like the new hops, but I like to me like the they don't have, for lack of a better term, like the bite of the, the your mosaics and citrus and Simcoe. They're that, trying to bring more flavors. Yeah, in it's I've more had that tropical. Conversation with yeah. a lot of beer guys like Which that are coming like, out of the haze craze. It's yeah. kind of like you want the. You forget like what an IPA tastes like. Yeah, you're so like deep I like these. those yeah. sort of fruity tropical things you get with a lot of the newer hops, but I kind of like to blend them with other ones. A little dank, I s- little, little yeah. I still smack like at that the end. that bite you get from the stanky dank. Yeah. yeah. Uh, out of the new ones, well, I'd probably pick uh, Mandarina Bavaria. I feel like every time that we hop. brew with that, it makes it taste like cotton candy on the back end. It's like, oh my god, what is that? How, how do they make that in a in a herb, basically? You know. What was that prediction pain that I had? What, what was that uh, hopped Simcoe, in that? Simcoe, Amarillo, and Equinox. Yeah, because that had it just a really nice flavor to it. It's like I, I'm trying to remember the last time I had a regular old double IPA that's not, you know, loaded with, like you said, lactose or something to make it super hazy. It's just really tasty, and you're just like, oh, shit, I forgot about that. Like, but we also have, have if you want to try, we have uh, right now we have Imperial Pain. Oh, it, it's I've in heard. our tasting which session is, here. Who was so sitting we'll, here? We'll get to it. We we'll get to it. Okay, it's we're going to wait uh, on it. Okay. You want to go to that let's, one next? Let's go. No, let's go to the next one. We can. Uh, this is next? the Barrel Age Double Ds. No so way. Cognac, Seriously? Cognac Barrel Age for a year. Dude, you're, you're making my day right now. Yeah. Because I'm sitting there going, I didn't try any of the Double Ds this year. And it was and very exciting for everybody then, to listen so, to us like, drink these. On the barrel aged version style what thing, does that or smell them getting off the top of it. It's probably the cognac. Yeah. It's uh, cognac's cognac. a type of brandy. I feel like you have to say cognac a little more pimp like. Yeah. Like cognac. Like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, it's a type of brandy, so you're definitely going to get some fruity flavors. Um, I always get like a citrusy note out of cognac, even though it's not technically made with any citrus. It's like a specific type of grape, and it's from France. It has to be distilled twice and aged a certain amount of... Right. But yeah, whatever. The barrel what smelled Armanac great. Well, that's, yeah. that's news Armanac to me. Armanac is a single distilled version of cognac. <laughs> so this is, uh, cognac. this is one of our beers where we love the untapped ratings of no bourbon character, which yeah, like, cause it is wasn't. because it wasn't <laughs> aged in bourbon barrels. <laughs> it's this is cognac. Piss. Seriously, I don't want to get into that, but like, I do want to get into that. I want to get... like How brutal is it? On the Facebook and and Untapped and all the social media outlets. If we wanted to I don't do want to bourbon barrels down every time, we would, but we don't. That's the whole thing. It's I like, didn't get any barrel so character barrels. off we, of this one. Yeah, yeah no, we cognac, our whole thing with tequila. I mean, go down the um, list. This is super unique, by the way. I'm sorry. And I mean, it's, it's well, that's so kind cool. of our thing with the barrels. We when we do a, bar- a barrel bottle release, which we do almost every month, it's always the base beer in a barrel. We don't we don't typically bottle uh, it with any spices or fruits or anything. Uh, the exception to that being Quiet Giant, because that was our anniversary beer. So it's a Quiet Giant, and we yeah. wanted to do something special for our anniversary. So we were like, well, let's make a big stout and add some stuff to it. But we kind of like the 
this is the beer, this is the barrel, this is what it tastes like. So we put different beer styles into different types of barrels. So we'll do barrel-aged scotch ales, imperial red ales, triples, quadruples, uh, imperial porters. We do do the big stouts and bourbon barrels, but we do a lot of other things too. Double D is, we a, did is a, an imperial porter, right? It's an imperial okay. porter. Okay. We yeah. did the, the Dom in tequila barrels, and it Badass. seriously came out <laughs> like a margarita. I mean, it was amazing. I love that. Yeah, I mean, one of my favorite ones we did was uh, Belgian quad and rum barrels. We did a strong scotch ale and scotch barrels, which was delicious. So we, we like to do more what we feel at least is more interesting things than just Let's put our giant stout bourbon in a bourbon barrel, barrel and imperial stout. throw a bunch of shit in it. Mm-hmm. And not junk, that there's junk, not that junk. there's not a place for that. I think I mean I oh, like those beers great. too. They're, they're great. great. Yeah. But that's not that's not really our thing. There's you know, there's a lot of places that are doing that, which is cool, but to us I'd rather do a Imperial Porter in a cognac barrel than do the same stout with super unique so like yeah. i said i mean it's just something and we still mess with it a little place. bit afterwards you know he was saying that we don't add spices to anything that you know any of our barrel aged stuff but when we do our releases we tap a keg of something that's infused Play so with right yeah i meant i meant the bottles aren't the right. bottles right. are right. just and you straight mentioned up. the bottles yeah so but with the yeah. double d's we took uh orange peel orange juice so would you run that through like a randall or something? Nope, or right like in the ha- keg. Right. Okay, you just yeah. throw it right in the in the yeah. keg. Okay. We have some sort of specialized kegs that have a nice big opening. Specialized on them. kegs? What? Are they? what? Well, they have a Psycho. big opening on the top. And, and they're like, like a four inch. They're like opening. sanky kegs, or they're just. It's or they're got like a, a sanky spear. Keg. They're sanky kegs. Right. Okay. So instead ah, of damn. it just being a small little head, uh, the opening is four inches wide, so you can put things in a muslin bag and. And they're steel kegs. They're like Mm -hmm. like the old. So it's like a bigger version of like uh, what you would do with a cask or like a firkin, where you can actually add some other weird stuff in there. Firkin's cool. Firkin's cool. So we do a lot of one-off kegs with stuff. It allows us to do some crazy experimentation. And people love that shit. Well, they do. And one of the when we opened up, one of the things that we all agreed on was you know pretty much you come here once a week. There's something different for you to try than the last time you were here. So we tap. I mean, we're we tap new stuff. Usually more than uh, that, two or three things. Yeah, usually, uh, yeah, usually more than that. <laughs> I feel like my brain's working overtime. I got a bunch of stuff I want to ask you guys, and I'm like jumping one over to the other. But Do talk it. about a little bit quickly about uh, you guys are unique in the. And I know I know you're not the only one, but you're one of the fewer ones that are a full operating bar as well. I know we talked about Brixie's being a part of this and Chris, right, mm-hmm. Chris? Yep. So that makes sense that you would have a bar, but mm-hmm. talk about how that decision went into when you opened like were, were any of you like no 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 we just it's just beer or or no 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 doubt no brainer we're having everything we're a full service uh, bar I, I think it was more about the licensing um when we decided what to do with our licensing there's there's basically two licenses we could have got there's a craft brewers license which you can self-distribute but you can't serve anything other than your own beer where there's a brew pub license where you can't self-distribute, but you can serve basically whatever you want. Um, we had kind of talked when we first got it started that we weren't going to do the distribution thing because and we talked to a lot of other brewers and brew, uh, breweries that had basically said that their tap rooms are basically paying their bills and... We're like, well, okay, well, why don't we just do that? Yeah, it's no secret selling the keg out of your place yeah. is where the money is. So we figured... Well, it makes a lot more sense if we're going to do this, if we're going to sell in-house to, instead of 
you know, worrying about self-distribution at this point. Let's make sure we can have cider and wine and have everything available. Uh, when we got the license, I don't even know that we were sure we were going to do liquor or whatever, but we just figured it made more sense to have the options than to not have the options. And guest beer, too. You can't do guest beer if you have a craft brewer's license, only with a brew oh, Okay. License. So you guys, if you want, you could have a guest tap. We do used you do to. That or? Yeah, okay. we did. Uh, when we first opened up, we had two beers. So we actually had a bunch of other local beers on tap. Whoa, whoa, say that again. You, When you first opened this tap room up, you guys only Farmer's had two beers on tap? Saison and Royal Red, Red yeah, Rye. You guys, out two of your two minds? What? You guys did that? That's a, you did that. Well, we were out of money. We needed to yeah, start making we gotta, some. <laughs> we got to sell some beer to make this keep yeah, going. We had two beers on tap. It was right after uh, Beer Under Glass. We opened the Saturday after Beer Under Glass. I've heard great things about that. I've never been. It's a great there. event. Yeah. But uh, I remember force carving one of the royal red so we could bring it to the festival because we didn't have any actual beer until the morning of and then yeah we opened up with two beers so uh we brought in guest taps uh we used to actually have a bunch of slap shot beers on tap uh buckle down a lot of local stuff forbidden root before they opened up a a pub they make some great beer um but you know once we yeah they do uh and it was kind of something we planned on doing but I mean, it's a good thing, but once we started to expand and, you know, get more than two beers on tap, uh, the guest beers just didn't sell very well. People, you know, wanted our beer. How long did you guys have two beers on tap? Oh, only for about the first week or two. Oh, okay. Okay. When we opened up, we only had two fermenters. Right. We drastically underestimated. So how much was that? How (laughs) much was that then uh, barrel-wise or so uh, you're talking two fermenters at one side. Kegs. Yeah, okay. we have a seven barrel system. So um, for like a that's a half barrel like Yeah, so with loss we get about a dozen kegs a batch, 13. So you guys got some balls opening up with two beers. Did you get it like that those guys right well, off the bat like two beers. You know, we had a full spirits bar. Well, I mean two beers. I have had this conversation too. You got to understand like even though we haven't been open that long, we did open up like Six to eight months before, like a lot of places started opening. I was going to say that's such a huge so difference it, from then. I know 2013 it seems like us going on four years doesn't like it seems really young. But well, in a business perspective, but if you're talking about breweries, but as how many of these breweries, breweries in our like area are you seeing our second of, anniversary, I mean, first anniversary, third anniversary? You know, there was when we opened up, it was pretty much us, us and Buckle Down, oh, especially out here, right? That right. was it. So. We kind of, I guess, had the luxury of hailstorm. I guess if and hailstorm. You know, they open up. Okay, I keep here, hearing though. that name, and I, that's that's. Uh, but that's, that's far. I mean, no, <laughs> yeah, that's no. Like, I'm just saying, like, that's the next closest one. Right. So, we kind of, I guess, had the luxury of probably being able to get away with stuff we wouldn't be able to get away with if we had opened up a year later. I would imagine the country size of your guys's, you know, at your guys's time of opening. Right now, they're estimating like maybe six thousand breweries in the U.S. I bet it was right. three thousand. It was at the time. when we yeah, opened right. up; it had just got thirty-two hundred. Like yeah. Yeah. So, so right, you're right. right. That it illustrates so, your point perfectly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can't. Remember. I was just having this conversation with somebody, another brewery. The accelerated oh, it was I, growth. Oh, down. We were talking about how like it doesn't seem like that, but that like extra half a year to a year, there's a lot of breweries that opened up after that. So right. So, the other thing I wanted to ask you guys about, 
was friends, and you guys have brought this up a couple times, but I told you off mic before we started, um, I got my initial introduction to you guys from a, a friend of mine who's Juliet Fireman. Uh, everybody calls him Teddy, so he'll know who he is. But, oh, Teddy. But they, they, uh, they go bike riding quite a bit. Yeah, pretend like you know him. <laughs> His actual name is Michael Theobald, but anyway, you know he he ride he ride mountain bikes around here with with buddies, and they would stop in here, and he's he knew I was into craft beer. He's like, "You ever heard of Imperial Oak?" I said, "Nope, never heard of it." I said, "Check it out," and I started coming here right away after that. But the other introduction I got was Josh over at Hailstorm. He loved you guys. Yeah. He would you know I'd be over there. I I played music over there a few times. I'd open for a friend of mine, but. I would come to the bar to order my drink, and he would have a like a bomber of you know one of your guys's barrel ages or something you know like a quiet giant or something, and he would be drinking that while he's serving you know other people. I'm like, what what do you got there? You know, he was always a big proponent of you guys. So, what kind of friendships? What kind of breweries that you guys like working with? Do you do a lot of collabs and things like that? Or I wouldn't say a lot, but we have collabed with them a couple times. I visit that place pretty frequently. Yeah, um, they make good stuff. I'm down in that area once a week, and. Uh, me and Josh usually have a conversation, and if Brandon hasn't uh, left for the day after brewing, we usually hang out and have a pint or two, and uh, we've done uh, a goes with them a couple times, and I feel like we did one other something with what them. What the goes? The goes, the LMFA goes. Oh, that's the, uh, no, I'm it looking watermelon. at I'm thinking watermelon. Watermelon. Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking of the, 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 the Mexico one. The there was a lime. Oh, yeah, no way goes there. <laughs> yeah, no way goes there. There you go. But yeah, they're no, those guys, they're great guys. They make great beer. So we have we have a good relationship with that. We have Yeah, he does group barrel buys down there, so it like helps the whole Dude, everybody you know, talks about community great, of right? people who want a barrel age, which I love because Chicago Explain is kind of what, what he does a little bit. Just he, short. he will just I don't know who his contact is or whatever, but he calls up the He'll distillery. Never disclose. Well, well I, I'm sure he would probably <laughs> tell you who it was if you ask. Right. He's just open and honest about everything it's great he uh orders a full truck full of buffalo trace or whatever from a distillery and it's what uh on a truck full it's 188 barrels we usually use two to you know six at a time maybe and then you know for our biggest stuff we'll do like a little more than that 10 or 12 so there's no way i would need 188 barrels but when he does that he saves us like 40 bucks a barrel so it's like yeah everybody in the whole neighborhood of chicago is getting those so chicago. some of those barrels go all the way I'm up talking north. to penrose in geneva i'm right. talking to elk grove village well, uh, microphone yeah, i'm still you know. considering the illinois right, i mean right. some of them go to indiana too you know yeah. like they, they get around chris our other partner he from his experience in the bar business he knows a lot of these brewers too so uh like paul from noon whistle he knew him Love before paul. we ever opened we've done a couple collabs with them Noon Whistle is another kind of home base yeah, for me. Yeah, I mean, um, he knows uh, Brant from Dry Hop. Dry Hop Corridor, so we haven't done anything with them yet. But I'm actually working on Roger right now. Roger's going to yeah. come do something, and he's working on. He wants to do it with uh, the guys from Saint Aaron. Uh, try to get yeah, them together. I mean, we've always gotten along well with the Buckle Down guys. We're actually we did one with uh, Brando out at uh, yeah. Workforce. That's Force. always fun. Yeah, we get along good with the. I mean, it's a. I mean, it's getting more competitive, but it's not like yeah. cutthroat business. I mean, everyone still gets along. There's a lot of love there. Yeah, we got a uh, collab in the works with Buckle Down. It's um, funny they what kind they of needed uh, growler yeah. caps, and they came over. and What do we get out of it other than giving them growler caps? A collab, oh, collaboration. <laughs> That's a yeah, weird, uh, it's, it's good to be out buckle, of things. Buckle Down does it's good a, things out there. Yeah, it's very. It's a very ambitious. <laughs> 
It's a very ambitious. Yeah. You, you took on a big one there. Yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> uh oh, talk about it. So you're gonna get beer nerds plan is, right now. The plan is. What are they doing? And I don't want to make any promises. Okay. But the plan is, we're gonna me. do like a big double milk stout, and we're gonna do a double barrel. So we're gonna do bourbon barrels first. He said it. He said the hot words. Yeah, double barrel. And that's what we do here. So we're gonna do the bourbon barrels first, and then we're gonna go from bourbon barrels into like three different types of other spirit barrels or whatever we can find at the time. Buckle Down's gonna do cans of. Um, we're gonna do so probably two thirds one type and a third of another two types. They have the the capacity, so they're going to do cans of the one we do the most of, and we're going to do bottles of the other two variants, and we'll do like a so we're talking like shuttle back in, and forth kind of thing. starting in bourbon, finishing you know starting in bourbon probably like rum and maybe like finishing rum. You can get rum pretty easy, brandy, uh, like cognac comes around every once in a while. Maybe some scotch. We'll see. Yeah, you know? we'll just have to see what's available. Stuff like that. I mean, bourbon is. I'm blacking out right now thinking about all the stuff you're doing. That sounds amazing. Bourbon is pretty easy to come by. A lot of the other stuff, you just kind of grab it when you see it. Okay. (laughs) It's a part of the game now that everybody knows about. You know, it's like it's it's crazy. We got some crazy barrels recently. We uh, like to grab all the barrels that Quincy Street Distillery over in Riverside will give us. We love those guys. They always have, like, the cleanest, most easy fill barrels that local, never leak. Local, yeah, too. I mean, That's cool. They treat their barrels with love and tenderness, and we appreciate it because we buy them secondary from them. And we just got these weird barrels, Akavit. Have you ever had that? I have never heard and, of that, uh, let yeah. alone had it. Right. So Talk it uses it. Uh, dill and coriander, which... Caraway. Caraway, sorry. Caraway. It sounds like sour So is it dill and caraway? Dill and caraway? Yeah. Okay. But when you distill them, they don't taste like pickles and sour Is that, any, so is that so anything that, like, Mar- when Mars just did their dill burliner, is that... Something Probably. that maybe they tried out. Okay, uh, I was wondering how they got that that idea, but so it might make sense. It has like kind of a root beer character to it, you know, a little it's bit of uh, you know some different fruits pop out at the end, like some stone fruit, yeah. some cherry in it. It's really interesting. So we're like, oh, what do we what do we do with this? We've never even drank right. this spirit. So you guys aren't bullshitting when you're talking about trying to do something different. Yeah, no. We if find there's anybody out there that has something weird. Call us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's we get weird. We do. We've done tequila barrels, gin barrels. We, Like I said, really, we kind of keep an eye. Yeah. I have a few companies that I deal with. Grant has a few he deals with. And <laughs> just kind of keep our eyes peeled. And we see something interesting, we grab it and see what we can do with it. I've seen people have success in tequila barrels. I mean, it's not like a bourbon barrel. You just throw something in a bourbon barrel yeah. and everybody wants it, you know. But yeah. I've seen like like Josh and them. They did a decent job with that crash test dummy. The, yeah. the yeah. Belgian was at a quad well, or, or tr- triple or something. What, I've, what we've kind of learned is when you do barrels other than bourbon, you just don't expect a line. Yeah. You know, people will like it and they'll... Yeah, you'll find your people. They'll buy it eventually and it's going to be delicious and interesting, but... Unless it's a big stout and a bourbon barrel, you're probably not going to get a giant line. But it's going to go in the cellar, I think. But eventually it'll, yeah. And then they'll bring it out and they'll be like, oh, my God, I didn't realize I had this. This yeah, is such right? a crazy yeah. combination. That so funny. Wow, and one I of wish the more people best did this. beers we've ever made was when we did our uh, Brother's Keeper. It's uh, like a 9% Saison with uh, honey in it. That sounds and, sexy. And we aged it in gin barrels. Ooh. 
Oh man, that was that beer was. Shit delicious. came out good, huh? It was oh, yeah. so good. Do you guys do you guys have many wine barrels or anything here? Or no? Done a few. We do a little few? bit with that. Yeah, you got some sours have, uh, sitting on yeah. in them. We have some mm. bourbon, ex bourbon. I port. get the term port it. finished bourbon. Port finished bourbon. And now you guys are getting crazy. Ex bourbon yeah. cider barrels. Huh. Oh, I forgot got about those, those going yeah. too. You so guys are like, making my head spin. <laughs> like if it goes into wood. Imperial Oak, right? That's we're looking for that. I was gonna say, you, know? you guys, uh, it's kind of in the name. Right. It's got an awesome logo that's too. Pretty, pretty much how it started. Logo. Thanks. That, that's a that's a good logo. A that um, that's a good story. Yeah. What, what, what <laughs> the hell, guys? That. You sandbagging? <laughs> what, what? That's what this is about. So, ustefan. Uh, yeah, Stefan. Stefan Urkel. <laughs> no, that's Family our, our artist name that does uh, all the that series of uh, logo and shout well, out to Stefan. So. Back in the day when we were trying to get this all started, we said we we need to talk to some people in the industry as well. And uh, Pete from Haymarket was always, you know, very forthcoming with information about how the beer world works around Chicago. And we asked for a quick sit down with him at his pub. Haymarket had only been open maybe six, eight months. And uh, we sat down and started talking to him. And one of the questions that I had on my list was like, where did you get your artwork? How do you have a logo? What what happened? And I have a art background, but I'm better at coming up with a vision of something than actually putting it pen to paper. So uh, he gave us this place called 99 Designs, and uh, we use them and have met this guy named Stefan, who is the winner of the uh the way 99 designs works is that it's kind of a competition where you put the idea out onto this website and then different graphic design artists come in and try to emulate the idea or vision that you have. Okay. So it's a concept in words and basically they're translating it into art. We are opening a brew pub. We need a logo that looks like this. And here's what I think it should look like. And please use these details. And remember that these are the things that we're going to be selling. So kind of try to relate all the characteristics and do a logo. And so then it's it's basically like a, a tournament where it's like you start with 15 different artists. And then you say, okay, these artists are moving on to round two. And then you give them ideas of how to make the logo better and then those that do the correct way move on or though to your liking they move on to the next round everybody else is banished from the kingdom well it's just like well you know you did good i like it but it's not really the direction we're looking for you know it's like you know it's it's me not you so uh same old we finally settled on i'm actually stefan with this logo was the very first one that was submitted to the site. So, like, he he instantly, you know, meshed with what we were thinking. And um, after that, I was like, well, you know, we like this. Would you be willing to do some other packaging labels or, you know, maybe carriers or whatever we decide to go with down the line? He's like, yeah, sure, no problem. Um, well, maybe there is a little problem. I live in Russia, and I'm I'm from Bulgaria, and I you know can speak and type English, no problem. But we're never gonna meet, kind of well, thing. What? So it's like uh, we've never met the guy so before. When did you fly him out? <laughs> we just became Facebook friends maybe a year ago. It's like he's a he's young boy. guy who lives there. He loves soccer, and that's pretty much all I know about the guy. You know, and when, like whenever pals. yeah, that's, whenever we get pen pal, that's uh, Back and forth from do each you send other. Send him beer. It, 
it comes with all that encrypted beer? code at the top, oh, like in God. the Russian uh, font or uh, alphabet. I mean, and Did you it's ask like, him how Snowden's doing. Is he, <laughs> yeah. is he liking it? People over have there, asked or? me that since yeah. since all the, okay. uh, the whole uh, whatever um, collusion yes, of all of that uh, collusion okay. of the uh, election and everything is like, oh yeah. Well, I wonder if uh, you're. Oh yeah, Stefan was knew. definitely a part yeah, of that. Stefan, no thanks. Doubt. Thanks a lot for that. No. Breaking news right here, guys. So yeah, we've never spoken or talked to each other in any other form than uh, through Hmm. email. Let me get really basic on you here right now. Are the three birds representative of you three? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, all right. He started with two, and I said, I think if you get three, you'll uh, collect all three of us from the the brewery. And he's like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Maybe some doves. Doves cry. (laughs) Prince. You guys are, yeah, you guys are dialed in. I had a a thought the other day with our Savage Oak logo. Um, We could do. Wait, do you uh, have a different logo for that? Yeah, it's up on the wall back there. You might not be able to quite see it. So it's going to be, it's like a a totally kind of, not totally separate. Yeah, it's it's a version of our our label. But if we could do Macho Man Randy Savage Oak, like that would be a sweet logo. Awesome. If you just we'd have to do bread. like a, a sour Slim Jim beer, though. Yeah. Oh yeah. Now we're now. See, this is how it all starts. He's you just squeezing with barrels with his biceps. <laughs> oh yeah. See, now we go. And he says that. Oh yeah. Uh, right. Like as right, he's squeezing brother. the barrels. Yes. Yeah. If you guys can incorporate WWF into this in any way, I'm I'm on board. <laughs> all right. So. Three? No, no, three. What am I talking about? Twenty thirteen. So you guys have been you guys have been operational for almost five years. Were you guys deep in? Uh, that was the LLC is twenty thirteen. So people okay. ask that, and it's like, well, when you didn't open until twenty fourteen. Well, we were established. You just tell them to shut up. Yeah, shut up. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't worry about semantics. Believe me, that first year of work, even though we weren't selling beer out the door, was still work. So we we counted as it. part of our business. You were just brewing your ass off and <laughs> get beer on all those lines. Well, just yeah. building the place too, you know, yeah, and like right. working with the village and well, working. You can't, you can't the, brew any beer until you get fully licensed, which is why we opened with two beers. <laughs> that's right. a that's a story I'm finding out more near and dear to me now that I I am a Joliet native, and uh, I don't know if you've met or talked to any of the guys over at Will County Brewing over there in uh, in Shorewood. They're they're just trying to get off the ground, and they've had some issues. They've been a part of that whole uh, issue with that. Uh, it was a company kind of ripping off breweries around the country. It's been in the news quite a bit, uh, uh, and they ordered a system from them, put a big deposit down, and they basically just folded and kept oh. the money from multiple. I mean, like talking New Mexico oh. to Illinois, to, and there's a bunch of breweries, and it's in litigation right now. It's crazy, but they're finally going to try to. They were supposed to open their doors in December. Now it's you know almost March. You know it's middle of February, and they're 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 looking to open this month. So wow. I'm hearing a lot of that. Like, hey, we can't do anything. Well, we're I think we. Well, we signed our lease in June or July of 2013, and we were hoping to be open by September. <laughs> yeah. We actually opened like May of 2014. Has so. anyone ever opened on time, like no. on a timeline? It's never happened, right? I don't, it's not just not, brewing; it's like the again, business world in general. Again, when you have as much money as most startup breweries have, you're at the whim of that cash flow. It's like, okay, now we have money to pay the plumber, but. He has three extra jobs shitters, in guys. front of him. Yeah, yeah he, I mean, he's got more jobs in front of him because you're not paying a premium price, so you have to wait a month and a half for him to dig a trench for you to put a put a uh, drain in. You know, it's like right. it just doesn't happen. So you're kind of just chugging along, and 
The one thing that I've heard from your podcast, we have not had a cease and desist yet. That's a good yeah, thing. Yeah, listen to that, guys. He actually listens to the podcast. How cool is that? Booyah. <laughs> it's always awesome when I talk to anybody in the industry that it's actually like, oh, yeah, I've actually listened to an episode. I'm like, yes. Oh, multiple episodes. Totally nerd out for me. I'm I like, mean, we don't have any Brando's World of Awesomeness here, yeah, but we should we're make doing it okay for ourselves. <laughs> Grant and Brett's World of Awesome. <laughs> I mean, you guys don't need to call it that. It is that. I mean, it exists yeah. that. It's more of a lifestyle than a than a thing. So, um, you guys, I, I'm kind of bouncing back to the beginning again. But you guys started out talking about you were homebrewers. So, how long did you guys come from that part of the world? How long were you homebrewing for before? Uh, I homebrewed. My wife got me my home first homebrew kit. That's such I a common story. For my 30th my girlfriend, my wife, my mom birthday. bought me the homebrew. I kit. bought my own. The Mr. Beer so, Kit. <laughs> well, I worked with a guy when I was teaching who was a, a very avid homebrewer. Actually, he and I co-founded the Brixie's Brewer Homebrew Club. So I went to one of his parties, and I had his beer, and I was raving about it. So my wife contacted him and got me my kit. So that was when I was 30. I'm 42 now, almost 42. You are so old. We've been <laughs> open for close to four years, so... Eight-ish? Eight-ish years I homebrewed before. And I was on about a five-plus-ish year, so. Did you just make shit when you first started? Because I just did my first one. I'm only asking because I just did my first one, and it was from Workforce. That I was mean, a it few was, weeks ago, though. It was pre-built, you know? Right. Like, it was, yeah, it was like. You use malt extract, right? Right. It's yeah. just, it's just. No, well, I mean, Brando and the guys at Workforce built the recipe. They put everything in a box for you, and then there's literally, like, step-by-step instructions. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, so it's not like I built a recipe myself and brewed it, and I'm, I kegged it, and it and it's okay. You know, I taste a yeah, lot of that extract coming through. But right. The first one I made was also a kit, and it was, like you said, it was okay. Yeah. The biggest thing with home brewing is uh, fermentation, temperature, control, and pitch rate. So you're saying my father-in-law's basement is not ideal for that? It could now, be. Now, wait a second. It could be. Fetty, Dave, the guy that we're talking about, who is Brett's inspiration for starting his own brewery, does not have temperature control. No, he does. He's got he, like three refrigerators in his basement. Not when he started, though. He's got like a cold corner of his basement, so you right. can it's do it over here. Yeah, you can do it. It's you not can do it. Yeah, you got to be damn conscious. But it, it, it is important. Teacher. Don't get me wrong. It is. <laughs> you got to be the conscious most of what you're making versus the temperature that you have. How much? You, I mean, I would say the biggest difference between good homebrew and bad homebrew is understanding how much yeast to pitch and how to. Not let the fermentation get too hot or get too cold so it stalls out. That's probably the biggest thing, honestly. I could use all the advice I can get. It's, uh, they're a live organism, and they like to live in a certain zone just like we like to live in a certain zone. You put us in Chicago, we're cold. You put us in Mexico, we're hot. Like, very give me, fitting. Give me, give me very fitting somewhere in between there. And then, yeah. yeah, exactly. Now, when I was at the, the height down. of my homebrewing, I had... Did you go nuts? Four refrigerators in my basement. I had a kegerator. And you said you were, were you married and kids at this time? I was. Time? Yeah, well, and I told you. And what was the face look like with it your wife was giving you when you were doing yeah, it? Was she well, supporting that? Or she, was she was like, happy that we started this and got <laughs> it out of my house. But. <laughs> so I had, I had two refrigerators I used for fermentation temperature control, a beer fridge with for bottles and stuff, and then Just to get your drink a kegerator. On. So I had yeah. four refrigerators in my basement. I still have three. So. I got rid of all of them except for one. I still, you still need the beer fridge. But. I have like the mini fridge downstairs because I got the garage fridge with like my beers, but then I got the mini fridge downstairs. It's just like, you know, my big stouts, like 
about 50, 55 degrees, you know, and just have, that's where I put all my barrel aged stuff nice. and all that. Mm-hmm. It's my cellar. No, my friends complain that I don't have as much beer now that I opened a brewery as I did when well, I was home. Well, you get shit to do. <laughs> well, I had I used to have three beers on tap at all time. Killer. I like get a sick of it. Like a keezer yeah, type keez, Yeah, I get sick of it. Now so we I, have like twenty four beers on tap at all. Yeah, time. but not in my house. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like when I got a who the hell wants to hang out? Someone comes over on a place. Tuesday and I don't have any beer in my house. They're like, "What the hell?" <laughs> You're like, shut up! I have a job. Yeah, right. I don't like to bring work home with me. All right. So. All right, tell me about your. Tell me, I'm looking over your shoulder right now, and I'm looking at the artwork a party for, back there. for uh, that's that's uh, Quiet Giant, right? Is that the or no? That's the Bermuda, uh, right? Um, that's actually, that's a combination of a bunch of our characters that yeah. uh, goes on our Crowler can. Is that that's your boy from Russia? Yep. No, uh, seriously, that's all him too, huh? I can't remember if he's from Russia and lives. Doesn't in matter. Bulgaria. It's all the we all love the either way. All the bottle Bulgaria. labels are him. Yeah. They're killer, well, all, most of them. There's right. a couple that aren't, but yeah. most of them are him. These ones over here. They too, have that yeah. perfect like mixture of like that one specifically is like a perfect mixture of cartoon and like classic Rembrandt. Like, <laughs> but it has a like kind of European, yes. like old world feel yes. too, which is kind of I don't know reminiscent of old school yes. beer, you know, history. So, um, so yeah, that that smaller mural is our is a combination of characters that we made into the crowler label so when i say combination of characters we have characters on our bermuda triangle which is our triple bermuda triangle that's we have I sinister minister on there who is um what he's like roasting a chicken over there or something like that and then <laughs> uh there, there's a couple other characters in there uh, lord humongous and then there's a castle up on the hill you know so it just kind of gives you that they're all kind of just hanging out on the lakeshore there, uh, brewing beer maybe and eating some grilled foods. Mm. So where do you where do you derive some of the inspiration from for the beers themselves? I mean, if, if you kind of like had beers, like oh, I want to brew this, like I want to, oh this is so good, I want to try this, or is this just like I got a crazy idea? This this has to taste good. Like where do you get some of that inspiration from? Uh, it's some of that. A lot of it is just I mean like. We just talked about Grant and I had homebrewed for a long time before we started this. So a lot of the stuff we just kind of scaled up, to be totally honest. Um, Recipes you've been making for a while. Yeah, so a lot of it is that. And then we kind of try to make just real solid base styles and then kind of mess with them from there. So, you know, let's make a really good brown ale and then add maple syrup and coffee to it, that kind of thing. So how do you guys attack your... uh well, now that you have the Savage Oak program, how how do you guys attack kind of checking on everything? When, you know, do you, do you get a group together? Do you just you pull a nail out of out of the barrel and taste it? Or yeah, do you we get have like, like let nails. me t- let me get somebody that doesn't know any or doesn't care anything about sours. Let me get their palate on this. Or, we or try to have as many people taste the stuff as as we can. It's usually mostly just the brew staff, Grant and Chris. Um, uh, but yeah, we'll we'll try stuff when we it's been in there long enough that we think it's ready. We'll give it a try and see where it's at. Okay. And one of our brewers, uh, Dan, works with uh, a lot of the yeast stuff over here. That is some of the some of the wild stuff that we've been kind of growing up and figuring out what works best in this. And then we kind of do a blend of that and that, and say, okay, I like it better with more of X and less of Y, but Y has its place, let's put it with Z. And then we try, you know, it's kind of a ambiguous selection to begin with, and then you kind of find, like, a, a good spot to blend them together. Okay. 
Yeah, it's always fascinating to me how, how you guys dial it in and blend. And, I mean, I, I, I couldn't stop asking Penrose questions when I was there, off mic, on mic. Like, like how do you go about it? Like, are <laughs> you you're measuring? you doing Or are you just like, yeah, a little bit more of this. Yep. Yeah, a little bit more That's of that. A little exactly dash, right. a little It's this. mostly sensory. Um, okay. Got to have I a good mean, we palette. Do have a, we do have a little, I mean, for our scale, we have a pretty decent lab. And we do do testing and stuff. But as far as what Brett strains we like and what bacteria blends we like and how to blend stuff. To, that's that's all sensory. You guys messed around like, with the cryo hops yet? Is that we something did, you're interested I was, in? Or? I wasn't personally a huge fan of yeah. them. Uh, Can you explain a little bit about what, what, it, what it means? It's to just be, lupulin powder, really. Yeah. yeah, so they basically oh. e- extract lupulin? the... So they, they basically extract the good stuff out of the hops. So the get rid of the green grassy matter. Get rid of the grassy matter. It's more it's, concentrated in a pellet, yeah, basically. Yeah, it's, it's concentrated. Okay. But to me personally, it kind of misses the. Like, there's something about the hop character that it's just kind of missing. We actually did. You're not supposed to use it 100, percent but we did a. We called it crank it hash. We did a cryo ops version of it. And it had like that nice fruity thing, but it just kind of, to me, it was kind of lacking. I think it has a place in, uh, it, you get about two for one as far as poundage goes, so you don't have to use as much. So I think there's a place for it uh, mixed in with right. other hops, but the stuff we got too wasn't pelletized. It was powder, so it was a mess. I mean, oh, jeez. When we broke that stuff down, I felt like Scarface. You know, I was covered with this shit. Like, it was like, like Scarface? You know, yeah, it was like... Little blow? Yeah, no, like, I mean, it was just piles I get it. of I see what green goes on powder. Here. That's why we um, call it Crank It Hash. It's just a green <laughs> it looks like hash, just bro. Yeah. So, I I mean, we haven't gotten any. We used up what we had, and then it's, I, I don't know. Like, apparently, they pelletize it now, so I wouldn't be opposed to trying it again, but... It's not really our first go-to thing. It, it's always fun to experiment with stuff, and like I said, I like trying new weird things. Yeah, I don't know if you guys are realizing it, but you're building this trend that I'm liking. Of like, I'm not. You're not overly critical of a trend or a new thing. You're willing to bring it in house, check it out, try it, and if you like it, you'll do it. If you if you don't, you you tried yeah. it. I tried it. You know. Yeah. It just and didn't fit. I mean, we could easily revisit it if somebody like has, uh, you know, awesome process that they've now nailed down and they want to share it's like okay well we'll try that again that sounds good yeah something that happened three and four years ago shouldn't shouldn't affect you know your potential to try something new right now so it's good that you guys have that mentality approaching it they just they were just available last spring so we're right yeah oh we did a thing we tried a bunch of uh did a whole series of experimental hops versions of crank it and they just had Same thing. They were they were good, but names. there was nothing. One of them actually Frank ended up killer. Thank you. One of them actually ended up being uh, what's called Laurel now. Which, which is one? Laurel. Uh, I can't HB remember. HB Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> they were all numbers, and that one was it's pretty a Laurel good. hop. That's what. That, yeah, that's the, what it's a new hop. It's a new hop I've that they're calling so many Laurel. Of those now that I wasn't aware. L O L O R A L. Seen like like Enigma. I wasn't real familiar with. Yeah, there's so many now. I mean, so that Ella, one was pretty, some Ella of them were pretty good, but a lot of them were just like, eh. Like, I mean, it was fun to try them. We did six of them, which was probably in retrospect too many. So I think by the end, our customers were like, okay, enough of this. Can we get a freaking mosaic beer, please? <laughs> put the Simcoe in it and shut <laughs> yeah, them off. Yeah, right. It puts the lotion in the basket. Make my beer. All right, let's talk about this one that we're about to pick up here. 
So this I'm was for this one. Uh, Imperial Pain. This is Imperial Pain. We wanted to it do so um, a special beer for when we opened our expansion. We did. Uh, we called it the Grand Expansioning. So um, we decided to do. Um, uh, it's, I guess, for lack of a better, better term, it's a triple IPA. So it's our it's our prediction pain, which is our double IPA, which is about an eight and a half percent beer scaled up. Um, the first year we made it, it was twelve percent. This year we got a little better efficiency, so it's thirteen and a half percent. Approaching Bourbon County numbers. Yes, ABV. <laughs> um, it it's literally shocking uses, that it's over ten percent. Yeah, when you taste it, it literally is double the hops of the dry hop and all of that of our regular prediction pain, which uses a lot to begin with. Um, it's a little bit of a kitchen sink beer, kind of end of the year. We have new hops coming. Well, uh, it's the same hops as pain. Yeah, but, but we yeah, no, it, it is we like... we got to use everything in the cupboard, right. guys. Kind of, yeah, it's like, it's, let's uh, use these guys up. Yeah, it is definitely an end of the year. Let's use up the hops we have so we can get the fresh ones, but... You guys are, I'll tell you what, you guys are a couple of liars. There's no way that's 13%. It is. There's no... Wow. So one of our regulars just told us yesterday that he loved this beer the first time we released it, and so when he Until came he in, out. when we released no. it last week, he bought two of the bombers that we bottled drank them both in one night and uh bullshit <laughs> then that happened <laughs> so um, jesus uh one of the things like i've actually not i'm not typically a fan of uh real high abv ipas because to me they are usually too sweet yes so we took a lot of steps to to dry it out uh, yeah how <laughs> uh Sugars. mash temperature real low Sugars. mash temperature uh we use like, what's, a, what's a low mash temp uh so we usually mash 148, okay. so usually mash between 148 and 158. Uh, higher temperatures give the beer more body, lower temperatures more fermentable. So we went at the lower end of that. We use a special yeast that's very alcohol tolerant and very attenuative, which means it, it'll eat up as much of the sugar as, it, as is available. So Thanks for our friends example? at Omega Yeast. Yeah, what's like an example guys? of an Omega Yeast that... Like, like I know some of them. Like you see, like the London. 30 this is no. This like isn't that. Stuff, this like is uh, it's Conan's. the San Diego Super Strain. Um, it's like the Chico on steroids. Yeah, oh, it's basically okay. that. And then okay. it has uh, multiple and sugar additions. Eats, like, yeah, it just eats like through crazy. it. And then we use multiple sugar additions throughout the process. Uh, this beer was double dry hopped before double dry hopped was a thing. <laughs> yeah, right. Because it, it's literally double the dry hops that we use for our prediction pain so we add half of them and then we let those settle out and then we add the other half um about three days before we rack the beer so it's what's the hot bill on this uh simcoe uh equinot and mosaic which is the same it's as a, our regular it's a beautiful combination pain. yeah it kind of all started with uh simcoe amarillo which was kind of grant and i's both of our favorite hop combination uh, then when I went to get hop contracts, there's this weird story about Amarillo hops, how it's just one farmer owns the brand. So we really? couldn't get any contracts for Amarillo. So they suggested Equinot, which was back then called Equinox. Like, right, right. I know they so changed I'm assuming it. they got sued by Chevy or something. Cease and desist, fool. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so they recommended it, and we tried it, and we, we absolutely loved it. So we kind of got on the ground floor of it and got good contracts for it. So. We brewed it with that as a sub, and then we kind of were like, well, you know, it could use a little something extra. So then we put a little mosaic in there with it to kind of dank it up a little bit. And that's been the, the hot bill for pain since, I mean, batch three, I believe. Batch. It's more it's more frightening to know that that 
is that much higher ABV than the regular. And the, there's nothing. It is. Well, there's nothing about off-putting about it. There's nothing like punching a, you. Yeah, it's, like it's not alcohol. hot. It's, it's not, crazy. But you can taste the alcohol. But I think yeah, the, but the the spiciness and the fruitiness of the hops kind of make that alcohol disappear the somehow. The fruitiness it's of the hops really is crazy. what I'm getting it's, heavy on. I'm like, it's I can't magic. believe well, that. It also, it you forget what, that clear, clearer beers that you can uh, see through are good, too. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. we kind of like clear beers. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, it actually has the same, not to get too technical, but uh, the finishing gravity, which is where the beer actually finishes. So you get your fermenting. starting gravity, your final gravity. Uh, it actually has a uh, similar finishing gravity to our regular prediction pain too so it has that it doesn't have that sweet finish to it finishes drier so that kind of it just starts a lot higher it just <laughs> starts a lot whatever higher. the hell you guys did keep doing that to those beers so what are you drinking right now you get you just got a full glass oh, this is you. water no no the other one there <laughs> you smart ass no what's the other one you got uh there? i don't know our uh, other assistant brewer LT brought me this one. I'm LT. gonna guess. Shout it's out to LT. The he's there, like witnessing the live Shout podcast. <laughs> he helped everybody get set up today. Yeah, he, good man. He's good at that. Uh, this is a Scotch ale. Scotch ale. Okay. The Plaid Piper. You see, not a bad name for Scotch ale. Yes. The Plaid Piper. So, I mean, you guys talked about earlier about how you like to kind of try all the styles and that. So, what are your personal like? If you had to brew one, like, what what are you brewing? I don't want to get too corny on you, but. Wait a second. This is not the Plaid Piper. <laughs> As he tastes his way through. See, I, I've never, I'm always the the jerk that goes into the bar and never orders the same beer twice, oh, even no. if it's my favorite beer. You're not a jerk. I'm Everybody the I'm the guy that'll go into a brewery and get two flights to share with my whatever because I want to try everything. I don't think I could do it. Like, when I homebrewed, I never made the same recipe more than once in a year. I was always... I like a lot of different beer styles. I mean, I love IPAs and stouts, but I also like English bitters and alt beers and German yeah. lagers. I love those, and I want to like, – and that was kind of the background that Grant and Chris also came from. Is like, I like beer. I want to try a lot of different styles of beer, so – that's what we do. We make, you know, we make a pilsner. We make a Hellas lager. We make not a nailing Mybach. you down. <laughs> no, so that's. I mean, that was kind of the thing. We when haven't we made them all yet either. So it's like we still got work to awesome. do. Right. Yeah. It was like we're we're not going to have like a flagship really. I mean, we have some that we make almost all the time now. But that term comes up so often on here. Our whole thing was flagship. A lot of people th- don't like it. Our whole thing was let's uh, let's just. We like a lot of different styles, so let's make a lot of different styles. So, I mean, we always try to have, like, certain, like a lighter beer and hoppy beers and dark beers. So we always try to have specific, like, styles available, but we'll, like, rotate through them. Like Like, mini rotations. Like a good example is we'll do a rotation of, like, a a Hefeweizen, a Belgian Blonde, a Belgian Wit, a Saison, Saison, or what, you know, and we'll kind of, so we'll have like a light beer like that on all the time, but it's not always the same beer. So don't get mad when you come in here and you love buys. Tweak, tweak, Yeah, you you love one of them. You love the Farmer's Daughter Saison. You come in next time, well, it's gone, but we have Buzz Light Beer, which is this Honey Golden Ale. It's very similar in body, but, you know, it has a lot of different flavors. And then the next time you come, oh, well, you like both of those, but now this time you're going to try another, you know, Belgian blonde that we have. So 
Excuse me, sir. What do you have that tastes like Miller Lite? <laughs> we do oh, get that. Do sometimes. we hear that? Do we hear that here? That was the one thing that I said when we opened. I said, "Is we can put the full bar back there, but please, if we do nothing else, don't make me carry a macro." And I think we were all on the same page with that. Like, yeah, we're not doing yeah. that. We were actually we have a good relationship with the guys at Horse Thief Hollow. Yeah. Uh, Tell Barbara, me about them a little bit. Those guys are awesome. Too. Those are new to me. I've, I've not had anything from them yet. Uh, I hear if you great just a brew pub, they're open outcry. Those, those guys, guys are fantastic. Oh, they're just a brew pub? They don't do their own beers? Or they? No, they make their oh, own do, beers, okay, but okay. it's a pub. Like They have a full restaurant. The I food's great. Say, I've seen some people so seeking their, actually seeking the their beers. Actually, the first commercial beer we ever made was a collaboration we did with those guys and released it at their place. Oh, cool. They do music and stuff over there, too. They do music, full restaurant, like... It's kind of, I mean, Beverly's sort of a island to itself, I kind guess. Of old school yeah. town. But it's not hard to get to, and I highly recommend it. But coming back to the whole macro thing, when those guys first opened, since they were in Beverly, which is like, you know, old school Irish cop town, they had Miller Lite and bottles that oh, they that's offered. Interesting, yeah. And. When we were talking to them at the time when we were going over the collaboration and stuff, they it was a huge regret for them because a lot of people, that's they'd just be like, well, I don't really want to try. They have a great Kolsch. You're giving them a way out. Right. You're so they'd be like, out. oh, you know, you should try our Kolsch. And they'd be like, ah, no, I'll just have a Miller Lite. So they got rid of the Miller Lite, and sure enough, everyone started drinking their Kolsch. Kolsch is this <laughs> Right. So I heard another little part of that story where Neil, one of the owners, would say, I'll get you your Miller Lite. <laughs> And then I'm also going to give you a taster of our Kolsch. Not a bad idea. And they're like, well, yeah, okay, I get that. And he's like, and we made this here right in Beverly, which right is like back y- there. you hit him in, <laughs> in the heart where it's like hometown local. I'm like, okay, well, now I get it. Okay, now I get craft beer. Okay. And it's so right it's kind of that Beverly. gateway thing. And now he's telling me after doing that, now they're starting to drink other beers that he makes. And so it's like just a slow educational process of letting people learn what style meets their palate and then growing their palate into something else that they haven't had before and saying, well, why would I try that? Oh, because I liked Kolsch when I thought I only liked Miller Lite. So I thought I yeah. only liked Miller Lite. Yeah. Do you guys have one of those here? Is Buzz Light Beer one of those for you guys? Uh, kind of. probably it, yeah. Um, Headlight what, is our cream ale, which is kind yeah. of a... We I, don't know. S- I don't know that one. Headlight? We don't make it as often. It's real similar to Buzz and more people ask for buzz, so we make that more. The cream uh, we also ale, I think, a, is easy for people that, to digest based on, like, because like, we talked about gateway beers. You know, mm-hmm. we talked about zombie dust being that right. kind of thing. But, like, at the early stages of your craft beer, like, how many times have you seen people, oh, I really like that spotted cow, you know, like the spotted cow from New yeah. It's Like, I like that, that, you know, cream the, ale. Our headlight basically was a clone of a clone. A friend of ours, another home brewer from Brixie's Brewers, Bruce, he had a really good continual recreation of how do I make spotted cow I want to make spotted cow that's my favorite beer and he loved other beers but he really wanted to make spotted cow because he would have parties and that's what people requested so he did it and did it and did it and then I was finally like hey do you mind if we get our hands on those as something similar yeah Yeah. and uh, he let me brew it once or twice with him and then uh, we kind of collaborated brett and i and then we had uh our own version and it became headlight which came out right around the first time uh willow springs has one of the biggest car shows in illinois where we're at here in willow i did springs. not know that and so we brought that beer out kind of thinking that 
the Miller Lite drinker is it a car perfect, show goer, right? mm-hmm. and so uh, it kind of just grew from there. So that's it worked. Where yeah. it was uh, well, and then it when we scaled it up, it had a little because it has a malt called honey malt, which gives it a honeyish character, and it that came out a little bit more when we scaled it out. So then we decided, well, what if we just add actual honey to this, and that pretty much turned it into really Buzz Light beer, boom, which is one of yeah. our big ones. Uh, the other one I was I've thought ones I've always been surprised. Um, we do make like a Kolsch and a Pilsner and a Hellas, which the lighter beer drinkers like too. But yep. we do a lot of, uh, when we make like our, our clean Saison or Belgian Blonde or Wit, you get a lot of, because you got a lot of people that are like, well, I like Miller Lite, but I also like Blue Moon or yeah. one of those. So you get, a, you get a lot of the, the light beer drinkers will also sort of gravitate to some of those beers too. That's my mom. I love Blue Moon. That's yeah. craft beer. We make wits. Have you had tried our wit before? No, I have okay, not. Well, then try it. You know, I'm like the opposite of, of what he was saying. What is I'm, your favorite I beer? I ordered by the, the way. same beer. You're asking you know, like us order, all these questions. I'm, We're gonna flip it. I know. I'm embarrassed because like I'm in that I'm in that stage right now where he's all turning I want, red right now. By all the I way. want is so like yeah, like I'm I'm getting you know I love all the microphone double dry hops more brewing uh you know i love all the those those uh double dry hop ipas and double ipas are coming out with hubbard's cave you know the fresh beers so those are those are an awesome series to me um if i had to pick one and and kind of just in and deal with that maybe like snoochie boochies from forbidden root i love that beer um when it comes to the ipa side uh when it comes to that kind of double dry hop cloudy ipa that's where i'm at but i mean all time from you guys uh it would have been your hazy crank it that I had the hype, but now I'm thinking this uh, <laughs> extremely Imperial 13.4 Imperial Pain is right yeah, to the top sneaker. of the list. But I, I will admit that I've never had uh, Quiet Giant, um, and I just had my first version of Double D's right now. So awesome beers as well. Thank you. Well, I'm that, see, I'm the opposite. I could have a beer, and I go to a brewery, and I'll have one, and I'll be like, this is the best beer I've ever had, and the next time I'll order something different. Yep. Yeah. It doesn't matter, even oh, it's if good. it's the best beer I've ever had. Trust I me, that's a quality I respect in beer guys when I when I meet them, and whereas I'm just that guy that's like, well, I know I like this. Like, I'm going to order that chicken because I know I, I know I like it, so I'm not going to try the other thing. But I'm getting a lot better at that, and I've been inspired to be like, give me this, give me the Burliner. You know, let me try the Burliner. Let me try that. Let me try that. Uh, like I used to be like, I don't like, I don't love porters. Now I'm like. I'm going to focus on trying the porters now, you know. It's kind of so, fun. It's so a hobby. Let me just pause for a second. When you say Berliner, you mean Berliner? Berliner Weiss. Okay. Berliner Weiss. Right. I like to call it a Berliner. I don't want to be the jerk that's like correcting you all the time. It's kind of like Erlacher and Erlacher. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of that thing. I mean, it's it's Erlacher. Erlacher. Yeah. Erlacher. It's a Berliner Weiss. Yeah. Okay. So nonsense-wise, like, do you guys have a beer that – that's it. That's that's like the one. Like if I had to pick, like that's the beer. Not a style, but like an actual beer. Like what was, what was the one that kind of changed you guys? Oh, that that one. Okay. <laughs> uh, Pete's Wicked Ale for me. Jesus Christ. That for me it was. That dates you very does. well. Uh, I like that too. But for me, the ones that right. Well, the first one obviously that got me from drinking macro light beer was Guinness. But what got me into craft beer were there was two beers. It was. Dogfish had 90-minute IPA, because back then that was actually a really hoppy beer. Yes. And it was like one of the first 9% beers, and I tried that beer, and I was like, I remember seeing it at the liquor store and being like, there's only four beers in here. What's this four-pack? And how much is this again? (laughs) It was ridiculous. And then I'm like, 9% alcohol, and I tried that. And so that was the one, and then the other one was uh, Chimay Blue. 
Oh, they had a friend of mine went. That's one that's not come up in the podcast in Europe, and came back with some of that, and it was the first Belgian beer I ever had, and I've never tasted anything like it, and it was I've loved Belgian beer since that day. I have always loved Belgian beer. When you get a good one, and it's like there's I, I'll get a Belgian on you know Belgian IPA from whatever. Like when you do those right, man, it's a magical thing. It's kind of. The IPA you can kind of get through no matter yeah. who or how or what the quality of it. Like, you know, you can get through it. But when you get it, like a, that ester, or that yeah, flavor, I when it's that. done right, it's pretty magical. So, like I said, Pete's was the first one that was kind of my gateway into craft beer. I don't know if I know the reason. Well, yeah, I, I do know because you just told me uh, Dave Fetty was the one who got you into craft beer brewing of your own. Home yeah, yeah homebrewing. I sat at Flossmore Station and looked at their tanks, and I was just having lunch, and I thought, Jesus, you can homebrew. I mean, this is basically a big version of homebrewing. Scaled up. You know, I'm going to figure this out. So he was talking that his wife uh, bought him his first uh, brew kit, and that's kind of what happened. I was sitting there and looking at the menu of beers they had, and I said... I could do this, right? So give me the internets. Here we go. Give me and the then, web. And that actually happened. So from there, I just brewed a couple extracts, and then boom, all grain, and now we're here. Love that story, too. Everybody has that great no, like. You're just, just sitting at a brewery a and thinking, crap, why aren't I doing this myself? It's funny that you mentioned Flossmore. Cause I just did uh, my last episode before you guys here was uh, Joliet Brewers Guild. And um, okay. Paulie, uh, one of the guys from the Brewers Guild in Joliet, he he was talking about when he uh, when the economy just collapsed in 2008, 2009, yep. he went and worked at Flossmore. He was there for a while. You know, I don't know. He did like an internship type thing where he was kind of just, you know, doing whatever. There doing a few whatever. Times. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And it was, it's a brewer I'm not really familiar with, but, you know, it was kind of a, a funny story that I hadn't ne- not heard much about that brewery, and you just brought it up, and that was kind of an inspiration behind They're like where you're at. They're um, old-school mainstay of right. the Chicago area. They've been around a lot longer than Well, that south side mentality, which is something that I like. Um, when you guys talked about earlier about uh, these places that are finding the groove with the uh, uh, horse, horse Thief, horse thief uh, yeah. Hollow, uh, talking about guys kind of sidekicking their their Miller Lite with, with one of their beers. That reminds me of what I see on the south side mentality when I go to Hailstorm and I see Irish Red, you know, that Irish, that south side Irish Red. Yep. I don't know if they knew it was going to be what it is today when they right. made it for the first time, but, I mean, you don't see the demographic of the young hipster. as You know, they're there, but there's yeah. also the 60-year-old retired guy in there getting his Irish Red in a 20-ounce glass. I mean, Tell me you're going there to do a podcast because that'll be a great show, too. Um, I've, I've had a relationship with Hailstorm for the last, I mean, three years now. I, I, and Josh is on board. He said it's yeah. vacation time right now over there, so it's hard to get everybody, you know, organized. But we're definitely working on it because... I've sitting. I've done a unrecorded podcast with Josh, maybe you know, twenty times, <laughs> <laughs> just sitting there talking to him, playing with the cats over there. But yeah. that's kind of my that that brewery really got me started in craft beer. That was kind of my first big. I was eating. I was eating at Sovereign one night, and they had this Hailstorm Dominatrix on tap, and I said, "Wow, an eleven percent triple IPA." I'm like, "Let me try this thing." And I tried it, and I'm like, this is probably from California or something, you know. And I looked, up, flipped the menu over. It says or- or- Orland Park or Tinley Park. I'm yeah. like, dude, we can go here. Like, it's right <laughs> there. 
And sure enough, like right ne- now, literally the next weekend, <laughs> we had a wedding at the Tinley Park Convention Center that had like a four hour gap in between reception and, and church. So my wife and I are like, let's go check the place out. Went over there. They had their first anniversary ale on tap. My wife hated craft beer. She tried that beer. My wife now drinks double barrel aged stouts on a regular basis but at that time it's the gateway we gateway her in with a nice like boysen blackberry raspberry sour and she sure. said this is amazing and i was like i'm drinking my triple ipa now so yeah. so it was kind of they, they're like a romantic story for me when it comes to craft beer so josh will be a, a good get once i get him on the podcast or the group over there brandon and all the guys so they're they're a huge uh, part of my heart when it comes to craft beer yeah and uh, i guess it just touching on it again like uh, us craft brewers as a community is very important to all of us i think we play off each other we learn from each other we use different resources from each other i mean it's it's really fun to say well this is how i brew it how do you brew it this is where i yeah. get barrels where do you get barrels and just you know well it's, the barrel it's, thing it's is really has f- come up from most people that i've talked to so far I'm like yeah josh orders all these barrels i just yeah. give them a check and then we go pick them up when they come into the man, i think that's a good thing because i don't know if who it's doesn't like want barrels? just a golden age of chicago breweries but we really have something going here that's fun that we can all talk to each other and not worry about you know stepping on each other's toes i mean it's just a quick email or a phone call like hey do you mind if i borrow that recipe or that idea or do you have a a person f- that i can get watermelon yeah. concentrate from you know like to i need make a, a juice sweet, a sweet berliner you know, that yeah berliner? That, yeah or berliner i don't know if you're don't make fun of me i'm not making fun <laughs> of you my yes, podcast i'm editing it all that shit out <laughs> No, I'm just I don't trying edit to anything, by the way. It's all gone. I mean, people say Goza, Giz, oh, Goza. That, that was my problem. I asked, that. Those I asked that. I was like, Goza? The they're like, oh, it's actually a Goose? different style. Yeah, <laughs> Goose yeah. is different than a Goza yeah. versus a... Did not know that. I just right. thought it was people being assholes and pretentious and pronouncing things differently. You learn so much doing this kind of stuff. Oh, it's amazing. The kind of stuff that goes into the mentality of making a beer, creating a beer, writing a recipe. Like, it, It's astounding to me. It's an industry I'm glad I'm diving into right now, head first. We're happy to have you. You're a, a mouthpiece for us that we don't usually get from a regular newspaper or, you know. That is the intention. I guess newspapers are not like really you, a thing. I work but a full-time <laughs> job, and I, yeah. but this is just something that is, makes me happy to do. So it's pretty awesome to come talk to guys like you and that you're generous with your time and like you're yeah where like, are we at uh, on this are we like six hours in oh yet? dude we're an hour and 30 minutes in oh, you guys are you know it, piece of cake yeah that's it's what's nothing. the longest one you've done of these come on you know brando brando oh, got was me. it the Not longest ex- actually uh, technically the we, I, I gotta beat his record how far away are we let's keep going you guys are about uh <laughs> 25 uh, 35 minutes away oh you're, geez, you're pretty close <laughs> you're pretty close to 35 minutes beer. away yeah that's fine but no, I'm, I'm not done yet because right. you specifically, it, it, I would direct this question towards um, how important is, is it Facebook, Instagram? Like how how quickly do you see that turnaround? Like I've heard places say like I posted this and like literally a minute later, there's like somebody showing up. You got cans now? Like, yeah. like you know, where, where's this? The, at? I mean, we're kind of at the whim of the the facebook's as far as they're changing their algorithm now i hear so i i don't know what's going to happen but we don't really do much paid advertising outside maybe you know here's 30 bucks on a, a facebook post but we 
post there twice a week, Monday, to give everybody what's coming out this week. And, and Brett does the whole lineup of all the beers and everything and a little synopsis of what we're going to be doing on the weekend. And then Thursday comes around, and I'll uh, put together some poster information that says, hey, we're doing Wally's Waffles this weekend. We're doing, you know, Twisted Classics. We're doing somebody else for a brunch. Or we're doing a bottle release of this on, which we do once a once a month. We do a barrel-aged bottle release, and then it's going to be paired with a sour beer program beer uh, here pretty soon. That'd be that'll be cool, right? So we'll have like kind of a side by side, or you know, coming up is our St. Patrick's Day, you know. So we just kind of always have a, a, a twice a week kind of post system which is what i've heard works well but that was a year ago that that was kind of the quote unquote best thing to do you so don't you don't strike oversaturate me as a do what's best you just kind of like think of it up yourselves and kind well, of freestyle it from yeah, there yeah i mean i don't want to post more than twice a week you know it's like uh, that's a you lot of work to do it yourself yeah and saturation and like people are like starting to unfollow you or whatever it's like i want to tell we'll you sure that what happen. beer we have and if we have any events coming up, and that's all you really want to know from us anyway. So you don't want to know what is coming out of uh, the CO2 line. It's CO2. Sure all right. I, do. I don't have to I want to see you all the beer farts happening back uh, there and the pumps and all. Oh, yeah. I want to see the not to per- discount percolation. Brute, hashtag brew turds. Right? Yeah. How great yeah, is yeah. that? Seen that? I didn't one. know about that either. I didn't know about that. <laughs> I didn't know about it until I heard that, and then exciting. I had to go look it up. I I'm, like, yeah. fo- I'm following them. All right. We're, like, we're oh, gonna, that's a good brew turd. We're going to add a couple brew turds. Yeah. Get so, that hashtag brew turd so out there. Brett's looking at us like, what the hell are you talking about? Really? Uh, you, I, I didn't know about it either. So. <laughs> I've never heard of it. <laughs> so uh, uh, Brando down at Hailstorm does uh, hashtag brew turds, and it's, it's all pictures him. of it's like all over the, the goo coming out of the end of the... Out of the pipes? <laughs> out of the pipes, and it's like... You wouldn't believe uh, it. It's all over the country. The, these the brewers f- are posting this great... <laughs> these great. Oh, I've, I've like, seen it. Okay. I've just well, never yeah, you know exactly it had a name. It's like it's the... Forced hop matter that's coming right. out of the bottom of the cone that just comes out as slow as like and your some grandpa, of them are, are you know? just magical. Oh, man, just, it is nasty. And some of them are so proud of it when they post it. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag brew turds. Mm-hmm. I've seen like I've seen like a hot butcher, not not the brew turd part of it, but like the hot butcher will put like a beat down on their Instagram and then the, like the Home Depot bucket, like as the the percolating bubbles. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean that, that stuff. You know, people people love content. I mean, I know it's like. I feel like it's a dirty word to talk about the marketing piece of it because it's this this industry is such a like a heartfelt, awesome industry. It's like you don't want to bog it down in corporate bullshit, but I mean it is part of it, and you got to do it. And you you know you have to market yourself. You have to be out there, but but like people love content, and that's the kind of content that we're seeing. And from like all I said, over I have place, a, a so. art background, so I like making you know things Video, visually editing, that right. are cool, mm-hmm. but like I don't want to have to force it so it's yes. like if you see something don't just do I, it to do it don't go live because nobody yeah. wants to see your fucking face right hey we're live at the brew pub i'm pouring a beer like you know make it make it count you yeah. know when you do it i mean not not to discount the people who do that because yeah. that does get hits and clicks and whatever you want but i don't know we're more about just like content and making sure that what we're giving you is something real and not just forced so like I said, the, the whole idea behind the podcast is is the genuine story behind it, and that's why I feel like a lot of people connect to that, and a lot of people For sure. prefer to have an emotional connection with the beer that they're drinking rather than you know like 
something that's beechwood aged way over <laughs> in another yeah. state. You know, it's kind of nice to, like you said, that you talked about uh, the horse thief talking about. You know, it's made right here in Beverly. You know, yeah, it's made right here in Willow Springs. I mean, that, that, that that's something special, I think, to beer guys. So what's next? Yeah. I mean, what, what do you get? Your guys' big deals once a year is what? Quiet Giant? That's number one? We on the about that's three our, parties. Yeah. That's our biggest release. Uh, St. Patrick's is coming up. Do you guys tie Qu- Quiet Giant in with, like, anniversary? Yeah. Or yep. Oh, okay. That, that is, is our anniversary. So get Quiet that. Giant, we was kind of like, a, we're going to have an anniversary party. Let's brew a beer for it. And that was, well, let's make a really big stout and let's add whatever you know let's add some spices to it and change it up every year and it's kind of the the beer itself is kind of taken over the event it's like every year we make more every year there's more of a line for it and which is great more um, variants more variants and so that's a big party and then our oktoberfest party is huge too that's not really so much we do usually do a bottle release but that's not so much a release party it's just a it's a party. Let's in drink like mm-hmm. eight Oktoberfests. Do you guys get crazy time. with like a, we have like a pretty a, good Oktoberfest like band? Uh, yeah. Okay. And, and uh, obviously the the beer we make is pretty good too. So yeah. we're talking no. about maybe canning that this no. year. You know, the Oktoberfest recipe we use is very nice. We uh, who brews that? Some dude. <laughs> Some <laughs> yeah. dude. So just I mean we went. Th- we'll go through almost a double batch just in one day. That's how much people. Cause that it's, I mean, we'll do all the other beers all around and with the tents and all that stuff. But yeah, it's, it's okay to take a minute, take a minute and throw <laughs> some roses at the feet of your patrons. I mean, come on, yeah. give, them, give them some. So you guys probably have some pretty badass fans that come here on the regular, huh? Oh yeah, we have a lot of great regulars. Um, you know, I mean, the the events are great and the bottle releases are great and you know, but the regulars are the ones that keep your lights on. <laughs> yeah, so, right. I mean, that's, they're here at when you open at three yeah, o'clock or whatever the, time you know you're the people that are days. here on a weekly basis. It's the people that come here all the time that keep the lights on. I mean, it's great to have a line around the block for Quiet Giant, but that's oh, not yeah. mu- that's not what makes that's us once go. a year. It's yeah. once a year. Do you guys have like a safe area to have that too, where some people don't, <laughs> you know, a line around the block that could present some major problems. Yeah, in certain no, areas. we have some yeah. sidewalk that yeah, uh, the village has not. Yeah complained about us using so we have other beers that people that we get lines for but nothing like that i mean that's the the big one it's an outdoor summer party i'm really pissed that i've never had quiet giant now you guys are making me you should have told me in advance we might have been able to i would never do that to you sneak a bottle out i I, I hate to be that yeah i I don't think we actually have come here i have some at home well you should you should i actually don't save beer <laughs> really? No, I don't. I, I I always have that assumption that like I'm sure they got some, you know, a couple stashed away at, at home. You know that. When kind we of do thing. a bottle release, I'll usually grab like three bottles. I have a New Year's party at my house, and I like to bring out all the barrel aged stuff that we do. Killer. And then <laughs> I'll have like one that I'll drink pretty much right away with friends, and then another one I'll drink that I'll age. But I don't. I don't have a cellar. I don't. Okay, okay but as not a, into that. As a as a brewer and a chemist i mean almost a chemistry teacher in the past like do you drink that first one and then note make notes or will you just just drink it i just, just drink it and I then i drink, drink it and i'm it. like i think i remember a year ago it was like this this and this but 
pretty much. Wondering, like, how I like verticals. Verticals are fun, you know. Doing you know, honestly, I've never done a vertical. Yeah, they're fun, you know, but I don't I've know. I've just I never just been blessed enough to get to that. You know, I'm I'm starting my own. I've got a couple of years worth of certain ones in yeah. my fridge, but, but which uh, ones? I've never the basics. Don't don't make me say it. Okay. Don't make me say it. It's basic bitch stuff, man. I got, <laughs> got my bourbon counties in there. Vlad no, got some Vlads in there. You wouldn't vertical it if it wasn't anything. good. No, I, mean, I know. I'd, I know, but. My cellar consists of like some random bottle I got from somebody two years ago that I forgot about. And <laughs> Imperial Oak it. beers I that I haven't gotten around it. to drinking yet. Yeah, I, I wish, have some I like seven year old home brews that I'm like, yeah, I should probably drink those. Oh, they have coffee in them. I bet those yeah, taste and delicious. Now. <laughs> and it's gone. <laughs> I still Not have those so two much. barrels that we did. Remember the second turn barrels of those 15 gallon barrels? Yeah. Those yeah. are still sitting in my. Those are probably sour as hell by now. <laughs> oh, those are Four be. years later. Those are probably worth like forty dollars of five hundred mil. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. The Who, classics. Look at the guys at the Julia Brewers Guild were telling him. The one guy that was there for the interview, they were they were talking about. Oh, tell him how you you got in. He came to a meeting at the Brewers Guild for the first night, and he paid his little dues or whatever. Yeah. And they did a raffle. It was like their Christmas party was like the next week, and they do a big thing for. So, like his first week as a Brewers Guild member, he wins a four year vertical of Dark Lord for like a. <laughs> Twenty dollar dues. I'm like, yeah, that, that you'll live off that for a while. That's fine. And they're like, yeah. get out of here, yeah. dude. Come on. No, no. So, I have a few things in my cellar, but I have not been adding anything to it except the beers that we brew because again, we awesome. we release something every month. So it's like, do I really need to go put something else in that cellar? Well, yeah, maybe. And I honestly have been very fortunate that a lot of my neighbors know that I'm into craft beer, and they will just randomly bring me beer. It's crazy. It's like, okay, great, and I'll buy you one next time you're down at the brewery. That's great. But I'll get like a six-pack of something from Tennessee all of a sudden. It's like, yeah, thanks, Tom Clancy. Appreciate it. He's like, oh, don't worry about it. The spy? Not the writer. Yeah. Another Tom Clancy, you know. The video game? uh, Yeah. Yeah. That's that's something I've I've noticed too, like being spending so much time at places like Iron and Glass and the open bottle and stuff. People bring in some crazy shit. Like they're just like that's the best part about beer people. They don't give a fuck. They're just like, here's some 2012 Dark Lord. It's barrel aged. And, and that's like, why we're all here. If it wasn't like a fun thing to like share and trade Seriously. and enjoy. like, Have you ever it, gone into a, like a tap room or a beer bar like that and not met somebody that you've never met before and had like a conversation? I mean, I, I can't go into places like this or anywhere else without meeting someone. Yeah. And I just wanted a guy yesterday at Iron and Glass. I stopped in to grab a bottle of something. He, I looked over at him and he's like, Hey, you ever had this, isn't it? I'm like, wait, hey, we're best friends now. You and know? he had a bottle to open and share. Oh, yeah. uh, he yeah. was he was giving me uh, Toplin Goliath. Just put out one of the that fire skulls and money or something. Okay. And then uh, and then the, the guy down the bar from him was opening because he just got the two pack of Dino S'mores. The coffee Dino S'mores yeah. came out yesterday or whatever at Ironing Glass. So it's like. I'm just there to stop in and buy something. Here I am drinking two of the finest beers I've had in a while, and don't no charge. You're just yeah, it sounds like you're a lot closer to that like uh, hub of craft beer trading. I, I've kind of fallen I'm out of that, there. but in, I don't, enjoy I don't those things. I should get back into it for sure. I've got the guy. I've got my guy, my most trusted beer guy, a good friend of mine, Mike, and he's. He knows about the. I have to call him first. Doesn't miss I'm, a like, beat, yeah. I'm like, what? He's like, eh, I don't do it as much as I used to, but yeah, definitely. Like, I think recently he just, you know, he gave up like a CBS and a couple things for. Uh, he loves the Pipeworks Barrel Age stuff, so like Jones Dog and uh, a couple of the, that encore that they did recently. Like, I'm not in that game. I don't know that game. Well, yeah. that, like I said, that guy at Iron and Glass yesterday is like, you ever had a treehouse? I'm like, never. I've never had the opportunity to get a treehouse beer. You know. 
He's like, do you like hazies? I was drinking fuzzy britches, I think, from uh, St. Aaron. Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, there, there you go. Interject perfectly. <laughs> so, any thoughts on like the industry itself right now? I mean, where it's at, it, you know, saturated is a is a word that comes up a lot. Um, Brett, you talk about uh, it. I gotta pee. I don't know that it's. I wouldn't say saturated, but I definitely see like a, a shift in focus of. I do think if anything's getting saturated, it's like shelf space at liquor stores. Crazy. Um. So I, I definitely, and we've actually had some conversations with other breweries that a lot of places are gonna, are shifting their focus more towards their tap rooms and stuff like that, which, you know, I mean, I don't know if we got lucky or if we were really smart, but that was kind of always our focus from the beginning. Uh, it's not saturating the market with cans and shit that are yeah, sitting I mean, on shelves? Or yeah, like well, that. and, you know, you basically, you know, Bombers, especially in liquor 22 stores. 22 bottles collecting dust. Yeah, I've I seen mean, that. you can still sell that stuff out of your brewery, but you're not going to sell that on the shelf at a liquor store. Have you ever seen um, Energy City Brewing? Have you, no. have you seen them? They're, they're in uh, that Batavia. They're, they're kind of like ten, they're like ten minutes south of Penrose, but they're a family that they they brew it and they do four or five different kinds of beer and they sell it out of a little space that they rent in in that area, and they do it one Saturday a month. And they've been doing it for a few months oh, now. Cool. I just went and, and picked up, you know, they had a Russian Imperial, they had a New England, they had a brown ale, and they had an, like another variant, like a more dry type New England. Um, hmm. You know, and, and th- their New England is not like a thick orange juice. It's like a clearer pineapple forward, like boom in your face. But sure. they're doing awesome things. And the bottles are numbered. It's like 90 out of 120, you know, 60 out of 90, you know, when it comes to these. They don't do any adjuncts yet. They're not there yet to do, like, the Russian Imperial with a bunch of shit in it, you know. Right. It's just a basic Russian Imperial, and they do a goddamn good job. It's crazy, like, the opportunities that this this industry affords people. Like, yeah. you know, you can, so like, you, I, like, like, he's working at Comcast still, he's, but he's yeah, able to kind of be a big part of this brewery. It, yeah, going more towards that. I mean, everyone, there's always going to be a demand for places to go and hang out and drink good beer. So, I, I think... The, the number of breweries opening has has slowed down for sure. I mean, the numbers do indicate that. The places aren't really closing yet. Right. And the overall beer market is stagnant. It's just more people are getting into craft beer. I'll see it once in a while. It's like once every six months somebody will close up, and it's like, well, it's probably because they were doing X or, you know. Too it's much cocaine. Not, I have no idea. It's you know, too much not. blow. <laughs> like I have no That's idea why the, they close. That the seems answer. ridiculous. Most of the breweries that you close, forgot to pay your taxes. It you doesn't know, have anything stupid. to do with like the beer not being the good. quality it's, of the beer. It's well, like, usually about like some like weird slap business shot, right? thing. Like Slapshot, yeah. not a bad brewery. Just no, the beer was good. I think they just kind of. He was working on selling out for you know, a while. He was trying to do like distribution only from a seven barrel brewery. You know, I mean, it's hard to make money doing that. Uh, I think the, like most of the places that close, it's not about beer quality. It's more about, you know, just overextending yourself, uh, getting in bad partnerships with financial people that don't really have an interest in the quality of the product and things like that. Um, Do you guys have any personal stories on that front? I mean, that's something that, that's a piece of the industry I haven't really been able to touch on in these podcasts. Like, have you seen like? people from the outside trying to come in here and kind of touch this industry uh, like it's kind of a pure industry to me like it's fair i mean it's not i'm not gonna say I it's 100 percent pure but i know like, there's definitely breweries that are run more by 
financial people than brewers or beer people. Um, yeah, we talked earlier off mic about breweries that are owned by too many people, you know, and it's like when you get too many cooks in the kitchen, you know what happens. So. It's hard, yeah, it's hard to develop that culture, yeah. that, that feel. So those haven't closed. So even at that state, they're still making good beer. So when well, it money comes can, down to it, it's money the product. Money can keep you alive. But, yeah, but, but then you start. The beer's good, yeah, obviously. You start getting some infighting, and then you don't want to, you know, just. I actually took a, a survey recently, and it was like, I don't know what the exact question was, but one of the answers was, uh, are you happy with the people that you went into business with like or is one of the one of the problems with your business is x y or z and one of the one of those x y or z's was your partners and it's like well that is very critical uh, now that i think about it and you know being open on four Brett, years everything is cool yeah <laughs> i mean if brett wasn't here we'd be doing 100 percent better but um no it's like that that's really huge if you don't get along with the people and don't have the same vision as to where your pub should go you know you don't have to have the exact idea and i think you don't want to have the exact idea but if you have the same directional force with all of you to go from point a to b to make better beer to make more beer to have people come to your space and enjoy the space and have a good time and what you your idea of making that space is and making that beer is if you're not connecting on those points after about a year you're probably not gonna go much more than two years i guess yeah i worry about like those people infiltrating the industry and then the focus coming off of the beer i mean you guys don't see that yet well, people hopefully. get bought out all the time but those are <laughs> yeah. the big guys so they don't really you know that's kind of a trickle down like the in type stuff or is that what yeah, you're referring so to like okay. a, i don't know can I say? Oh, who, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, they know who they are. They've We're been not that bought popular. out, you know? Well, you just mentioned earlier Terrapin. I mean, mm-hmm. Elysian or Eliason. Or I'm not sure how it is out in Washington. And then, you know, some of the big guys up on the East Coast have been bought out. And I don't know. It, it just it doesn't really affect us because we're not even close to that level of production yet. So I think our... Our worry is not that big, uh, but listen. If anybody wants to come and buy us for millions of dollars, I'm 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 willing to entertain anything. <laughs> I'll, I'll listen. So <laughs> like you're like LeBron. Like LeBron's like yeah, staying with the okay. Cavs. He'll listen. You know, he'll I, listen. Do you want to move to Aruba? Sure. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Right. You want an island? Sure. What? Sorry, I just stalled out on you guys. I thought you were—I thought you were going somewhere else with that. But with what? Where, where did you <laughs> want me no, to go? No, no, no. I don't want you to go anywhere. I'm sorry. I don't mean to lead you. I'm trying to trying to lead you anywhere. I just thought you had more. I on had the to topic. pee for a minute, so yeah, I was we, gone. yeah, we lost you. I'm not sure if I missed anything. All right. Really well, important. for the for the sake of trying not to get corny on you guys, do you have any like do you have any stories that really stick out from you on that timeline that 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 stay from like buying finding and buying the real estate? to opening to where you're at today like what are some of the, you know any of the stories that like kind of shaped the place to what it is today damn i just put you guys right on the spot you're right. looking at each other like, mm, like no, uh, i don't have that something that nobody else has ever done kind of thing no 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 it doesn't have to be anything like that but like you just remember like a day where you're like yeah this is this is what our brewery is going to be you know like that kind of feel to it it's like boom this is it this is imperial oak I remember one day when we were 
oxygenating the beer in line and Brett forgot to turn off the oxygen but he did close the valve and so the line kept filling up with oxygen and kept filling up with oxygen and then he opened the other end of the line <laughs> and it blew up all over him. <laughs> that was a pretty fun day. That was, that was a mess. Yeah. Did you get a little shower? I, you know, I'm just trying to think of something that stuck shower. out. Yeah, it was like, <laughs> plow, there's hop goo everywhere. Right, because from the outside looking in, it's like, this brewery's been running spotless and clean for, well, I mean, know, three this plus years. Well, I mean, this was like in the first two on. weeks. Right. You know, it was like we were just learning the system. Kinda, it was just fun. I look at it. It was like a fun, funny. The very first anniversary party. When it was just packed and like we pretty much sold all the beer we had, yeah. And for like we were scrambling after. I think after the first anniversary party, we had like we were down to like two or three beers on tap. And then that's when I was like, okay, uh, we need to get some more tanks in here. What like this, we're like, hell? like this is we're we're not just. Uh, Three fermenter, seven barrel brewery anymore. Yeah, that part too is we kind of looked at each more. other and was like, it was kind of a understood high five. Like, dude, this is actually a brewery now. This is happening. We're, those are the moments I'm referring yeah, to. Like yeah. those moments where you looked at each other, like, dude, we like kind of made it here. Like, we kind of did something. Yeah. Like people like us. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it almost happens once a month. We do a bottle release, and even if we have. 10 people or, you know, 100 people show up at a bottle release. It's always fun just to say, these guys are getting up on a Saturday morning who, beard nerd-wise, have been drinking Friday night, and they want to get up and they want to come yeah. and have a pint with us and buy our beer at noon. Or, well, now we're open at 11. So they're opening at Jeez. 11. You know, so. You guys are crazy. It's just to have a line of people that are ready and willing to say, I know you guys are going to be, put, be putting a good product out there. I'm in line for it. I'm going to collect every one of these. I'm going to share it with my friends. I'm going to get a bottle, and I'm going to ship it to my buddy in California. I'm going to you know, put it in my bag and take it to Maine for a holiday party, you know? Yeah, that's, those, those are just fun. Yeah, running into people that, like, you're wearing a sweatshirt or something and running into people... They'd be like, oh, Imperial Oak, those guys are... And you're like, really? Okay. I can't believe yeah. you've heard of us all well, the way. I mean, <laughs> when I was talking to that guy before we started, when I was setting yeah. up, that guy was over here chatting my ear off about, you know, he saw audio equipment. He wanted to talk about audio equipment. He said he was in a band or something. And you walked yeah. up. I don't know if he knows who you are or, like, what I, you mean to the place. Yeah. But he just openly was like, this is my favorite craft beer place in the whole area. You know? Cheers to that, just man. Nothing. Thanks. Like, um, is, do you... Do, is it just like kind of humbling when you when you hear things like that? You're like, shit. Like, it is, it is humbling for sure. But like, a, like I, you guys have had I, other craft I, beer plays, and you, yeah, I'm sure you guys are like, damn, they make some good shit over here, like Palestorm and all these places. Yeah. So it's nice to hear like, you guys yeah. are my favorite, like, unprompted, un you know like biased, kind of just. I love what you guys do. And he didn't know who. I was so that as far well, as I could he tell, did, he didn't like, know a goddamn thing about. So <laughs> it, it, it's like it's better to get it when you hear it from somebody who doesn't know who you are. You know, it's like always, you know, your family, friend, or neighborhood guy says, "Oh, hey, I know you are involved with Imperial Oak. You know, I really love your beer. Okay, thanks. Uh, I, yeah, I, I do appreciate that. But yeah. like, if somebody just randomly you're at, you know, uh, whatever forbidden root and you're wearing a stocking cap from imperial oak and they're like imperial oak I'm like you know how far away we are from imperial yeah. oak 
right now and and you know who we are oh yeah we go out there all the time you know we live up on the north side but we try to get down there for bottle releases yeah you really, got reach thanks so much you know you guys are really why we again have right. the lights on yeah i guess i kind of never realized until recently that we have a little bit further reach than just being super local yeah because we have a uh we had a couple articles the matt powers he's a he writes for like porchdrinking.com and stuff, and he was. Woo, woo. We were doing an interview with him and stuff, and Google him. We were talking, and he's like, well, "You guys know that you're like, people know about you just like outside of this immediate area, right?" Yeah. And we're like, uh, "Really? No, I didn't know that." Like, so it kind of that realization of like, well, people outside of just like this little western, southwestern, suburban area even know who we are was sort of like eye opening to me. Mm-hmm. Because that's kind of what we were going for. Because when we started, there weren't. It's like, well, why are all the breweries in the city? Like people in the suburbs like beer too. Let's let's open a brewery in the suburbs. That was like a novel concept. It's happening, man. Yeah. It's and, happening. And I think you're working your way from the suburbs to the city with this. So we've always said, you know, people don't like to live this. Leave the city. They live in the city. That's where they want to live. That's where they go to their breweries. But if you make good enough point to come to us you make good enough beer to come to us you're gonna do it so it's like that's not really our focus is to try to get people out of the city but like Mm -hmm. i travel everywhere to go see beer or go get beer i see breweries you know i you know whenever i go somewhere with my family it's like all right well can we at least make one brewery stop on this trip so I'm hoping that when people come, you know, fly into Midway or whatever, say, hey, you know, let's make a quick jaunt over here. It's only 15 minutes away, and then I'll go to my hotel downtown and spend the rest of the the weekend there. Or, you know, just people that are out in Plainfield or, you know, further in Joliet, you know, hey. That's me. I have, I, I, my, my main brewery is migraine or whatever and i'm you know i go there all the time so now i'm gonna try imperial oak because i hear that you know they're not too far from us and that's exactly what i'm thinking i want to go to migraine after hearing that again that podcast sorry between having (laughs) between having uh you know my own i'm lucky i'm out here I, i work in this area so you guys are a known commodity to me but i'm also in a few rather large facebook beer groups where um a a regular kind of chatter in that group is like hey i'm in this area i'm traveling from florida to chicago this weekend give me the top seven eight ten breweries that i should hit if i'm within this area and i've seen your guys's name come up in those posts more than more than not you know i'm seeing that list pop up hey hit noon whistle if you're in this area hit 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 um Imperial Oak hit microphone like you guys are up in that stratosphere, you know, in in this beer group where it's like, don't it's not just go to Revolution, go to you know, go to Lagunitas, go to the big city breweries if you're in Chicago. It's like they're encouraging these people coming from out of town to hit these breweries on the outside. And then, I mean, honestly, guys, when I started this podcast, my first move when I decided I was going to do this was. I'm going to go to the Illinois Brewers Guild page, and I'm going to go alphabetically through it and say, who do I have faith in? Who do I love? Who have I been to? Who have I drank their beer? And I, You're already I, down I, to I? No, no, no. <laughs> it never happens in order. Come on. <laughs> you said alphabetically. You was at workforce. Yeah, you started at the bottom? Like, this is where I started the spreadsheet that I created that I added 
any email or contact info I could find, or if I couldn't find email and contact info, I'd jump to Facebook and just Facebook message whoever, you know, okay. whoever was in charge of that site. That was the method I went, and whoever said yes first, I came. You that's know, a, I, that's I, a decent I, idea. I ran, I like you know, I ran. Uh, you know, Iron and Glass was the people who kind of started the idea for me, and then I just, I'm so shocked at the how generous guys like you guys are with your time, because um, I know it's not. This is not an easy gig. This is not a nine to five. What you guys do, this is a, a constant life. It's a lifestyle. So, um, for me to get yeses from you guys and yeses from you know the likes of like Hot Butcher and, and Workforce and, and all these breweries that just Penrose, it's very incredible to me to like get the story out there. So I want to do a good job with your story. We're so. all so passionate and we love to talk about beer. So like, Which I think you give me a, a platform to talk about beer. I want to do it you yep. know like i love it we're gonna try to touch touch your story on at least you know thousands of people if we can get it to them so i definitely appreciate you guys taking the time to sit down with me now let's let's play uh, the marketing game at the end what do you guys have coming up what's going what goes on in your tap room you guys do any other like you know that's a lot of beer yoga like the, a lot right. of art and beer yeah, so we, do we do brunches beer um, and yoga and every sunday we do a second Saturday every month. We do a beer and brunch with a food truck. Tours. <laughs> Tours every, the first Saturday of every month. We do a tour. We do bottle release every month. Uh, we've done glass painting classes. we got a bicycle maintenance class coming up. Bicycle we, maintenance. Yeah, yeah, we, that's, we, like, that's like prime for your area, too. Yeah. You talked about that's that. the, that's the trails. That's the first one of this series. So uh, we partner with REI, and they're going to do like a whole series of... That's baller. You know, the, the, the first thing is the bicycle maintenance, which is coming up, but then we have one that might be like tying knots for, you know camping and uh mountain climbing and how to survive bear like attacks yeah right how to start a fire i mean it's just outdoor enthusiast themed ideas we're, because we're close to these trails and and people love to yeah. do that we're also starting uh we did one but we're doing another one with pizza boss uh, like a beer pairing dinner pizza boss delicious they do a good job yeah we're doing a beer pairing dinner with them in march we're gonna do a beer pairing dinner with burger antics in the summer sometime once they can start cooking outside we got what, I mean, our next big event is uh, is uh, St. Patrick's Day. We'll have the Irish dancers and Irish music, a bottle release of our Utter Madness Imperial Milk Stout, barrel-aged. We'll do some infusions with the, yeah. the mint chocolate. Oh, yeah. Uh, mint I, chocolate's always fun. I think this is new to Brett, but my daughter who's now in... Breaking uh, it to him. <laughs> my daughter, who's now in Girl Scouts, wants to sell Girl Scout cookies all day. I'm like, perfect. We could wow. What pair, have pair you guys Girl seen Scout that, cookies that's with like the a, that's a huge trend. Right it is now. a huge I'm trend. And I'm like, open I bottle. Love it. Like all these people are doing pairings. Yep. Iron and glasses doing yep. pairing night. We did night. that Lucky Charms beer with the yep. marshmallow. Killer. And we did an Irish flag where we had a basically orange green white so Black it was and orange tans. peel and <laughs> green tea. Yeah, we we do all so, kinds yeah, of weird funky stuff. That's the next big one. I guess, you know, th I hope the longevity of this podcast is, like, forever. Oh, yeah. And, and oh, so definitely. I'm never going to run out. Depending Guys, on I when you're listening up to this. for months right now. It's crazy. Yeah. So depending on when you're listening to the backlog hopefully of these in things. About two, yeah, hopefully in about two days, everyone will <laughs> listen right away when I post it. If you're listening to this, like, four years from now, um, <laughs> our anniversary party car. is the first week of June, where we release The Quiet Giant, and our Oktoberfest is the last week of September, where we have the big tents in the Oktoberfest band, and so those are our two big ones that, you know, if you're listening to this anytime close to either September 28, 9, 30, whatever it is, 
It's going to fall right in there. June 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. Yeah. Come on over. We're doing a big fest that day. You guys will be outdoor all summer too, right? Once the weather yeah. kind of turns. When when we put the picnic tables out, people roll off those trails and just, you know, bring their dogs out and families are out there. We have bags out. You know, people are just throwing all kinds of fun it's stuff into the mix. It's implied, but family friendly place. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I know that's a lot. I'm a dad. You know, you guys are dads. Like, you know, you, that's an important thing. Right. And it's we have like the Lego table. We have coloring pages you know? that are made from our labels. It's fun Killing stuff. That's you awesome. know, like My kids would love that. It's just, you know, do you find your kids like know the breweries? Like my kids are like, oh, dad, you going to work for us today? Oh, you like Hailstorm? Like they know all the names. Uh, the they pretty much just know my brewery, but that's good. That's but, right. I trained them as such. Well, uh, they know like when we're gonna go to a brewery. We tell them uh, they know what's coming, <laughs> kind of thing. But uh, I, I've always said too, like again, back to doing this thing with the REI and the the glass painting and the brunches and stuff. It's like. We don't just want this place to be a brewery. We want it to be kind of a community gathering, fun spot for people to come. You know, we you don't just have to come here to drink beer. We just had some political things come through here. We're not trying to put our you know name behind one horse in the race, but no, like no, no. everybody has a reason to come to the brewery for X, Y, or Z. I think I've said that like three or four times tonight. So you're a support Trump brewery. <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm just saying we're, we're not just a brewery. We are a place that people can come and have their birthday party. People can come and have their political ideas talked about. People can come and enjoy Irish dancers. People can come and, you know, tiny ha- dancers too. enjoy music yeah. outside in the summer, you know, like for our festivals. You know, it's just going to be a, a fun place to come over every you know other weekend and enjoy something new dig it yeah. dig it sorry <laughs> no, that I was a kind of a long speak, rant there speak from <laughs> the passion uh yeah i mean I, I just like having a place where people want to come it's like well i don't drink beer well okay don't worry about it come well, over that's a, that's we, a we're doing all kinds of other you stuff guys have like my my best bud at work you know me and him are basically partners at work at the hospital and and he He's a numbers guy. He comes in here and he's like, "Where's the percents at? Give me the big one." Like oh, you know, the ABVs. He, yeah, he's an ABV guy, yeah. but but he likes Jameson a lot. So it's like if he, you know, I tell him like I'm selling him like, "Hey, I'm going to go to Imperial Oak." Yeah, he's also diabetic, so it's difficult for him with beer sometimes. So he's like, "They got booze? Yeah, they got booze. Yeah, All right, I'm we'll saddling up. You know, he's going to have one of your big and big stouts or like a big porter. You know, something double. You know, or, or you know whatever the ABV is." But then he's like, all right, now I can go to my dr- my regular old drink, you know, right. my Jameson. So he kind of had that like, advantage. It's like, bring your mother-in-law. She doesn't drink beer. Mom, I almost guarantee your mother-in-law beer. doesn't drink. Oh, she does. She loves. <laughs> She'll come in here and crush every barrel-aged thing you have. Yeah. yeah. yeah you, She's you pretty bad. You got badass. a rare one there. She's Hold badass. on to her. Yeah. yeah. I gave her a ballast point uh, barrel-aged, uh, the porter, the, <laughs> the victory at sea porter. And she's like, this is good. Yeah. Like, yes. Sweet. So is there anything else? Um, what's, what's the next bottle release? Or uh, Next bottle release is our Dark Abbey Belgian Stout aged in rum barrels. Ooh. What yeah. makes something a Belgian Stout? Uh, we use a Belgian yeast, so it gives it that sort of same ester character, like the sort of dark fruit and a little bit of your pear, apple kind of esters. Uh, but it uses the roasted grains of a regular stout. Uh, we also okay. use some uh, Belgian candy sugar in there, so it gives it sort of a raisiny sort of 
plum kind of character too. And the we actually just racked the barrels into the tank to carbonate it today, and it smelled like literally like rum raisin. It's it. I think it's gonna be very, it's very good. British rum. Some yeah, rum it's raisin. And it's another one. It's you know it's different. It's not a style of beer everybody makes, and it's not a barrel that everyone uses, but. Sounds Deep like we should probably add some coconut to yeah, that I when it comes out. Guarantee you Hey-o. that it will also not taste like another beer that you've had. So. Right, that's how I felt about that uh, cognac one. Yep. That was that's a, that was a cool beer. All right, guys, you're at you're at two minutes and twelve or two hours and twelve minutes. How do you feel really? about that? I feel There's like I have to pee really yeah, bad. Yeah, he wants I, to be. Well, you I can take a break. Took that break. Yeah, you can take a break. You can rotate Has out and we can finish it up. <laughs> oh, it's been. Yeah, there's there's some car coverage happening. Just in case you guys. What, what are, haven't we talked about? You guys are being listening to this post. You know this day, but just remember the great snow blizzard of 2018. We are braving <laughs> it. Yeah, right we're supposed now. to get a foot. In about three hours. Sandwich. I can't and wait to drive home. Yeah, we're starting to get it. Yeah, it's it's coming. I mean, you guys have this great spot i mean it's the barn doors like the, just just kind of describe like for the person that hasn't been here yet like kind of what they're going to get or imperial oak you'll see a lot of nice mahogany Some colored wood oak rich mahogany, mahogany is a totally different color but that's the kind of stain color we use uh i built a bunch of tables that have like a grain inlay Underneath, which some. we are recording this on right now, yeah. and it is so wonderful. It's like lit- he's not kidding. There's literally grain, uh, yeah, kind of like some epoxy, s- yeah, epoxied yeah. into this table. Uh, I learned well how to do this, and then I've helped a couple of their buddies do like if we steep this table, it. we, can, we yeah. can make a beer out of it. No, yeah, <laughs> if there's ever a zombie apocalypse, we're uh, set for brewing grains. We'll know what to do. I don't know. Um, what else? We got barrels in the the uh, sour side that you can see easily enough in the Savage Oak Room here where we're at. But would you, you, would you, you haven't seen it, though. We have another, like, uh, secret stash on the other side of the yeah. wall behind the pub that is all of our clean barrels that I guess we haven't really touched on. We have probably about 50 barrels over there. Of, Just uh, empty cleans? No, they're, they're, oh. f- they're full. I mean, there's always empty ones showing up at the same time that we're emptying full barrels into... Great timing. In, into bottles or into kegs for us to serve. Yeah, so it's like kind of a, a rotational thing where we have a wall that's about twice as high as the Savage Oak set of beers here. Which that, is sitting uh, out at a good eight feet off yeah. the ground or so, maybe ten. And then that's also our workshop over there that we're always building or, you know, doing something, putting something together that's kind of a, a homegrown, homebrewed kind of idea crafting things together again um is it safe to say the savage oak is kind of a focus right now that whole side of things or is there what, what else is coming down the line in the future here what do you kind of plans is, you guys have i don't say it's a focus but i don't want to say it's not a focus it's it's definitely a side arm of our base story of beers so it's like we still are always going to make those clean beers and we have more clean beers that we make than we make sour beers as of now and we have more space to make clean beers than we have to make sour beers but we have what about four to six taps dedicated to sours those last two kind of flux between sours and cleans depending on when i say cleans just not uh retonomyces or lacto or any other kind of stuff in them uh between those two we pretty much always have 18 ish beers that are not on the sour side 
and then about four to six beers that are on the sour side. And then we have uh, cold brew nitro coffee. Ten on drops. Tap. Ten, Ten drops. drops. Give uh, them some love. Yeah, those guys are great. They're good people. They're good people at Ten Drops. And then drops. the only other guest tap that we have is from uh, Wild Blossom Meadery. They do a sizer for us. So they'll give us a kind of rotating version of whatever they have made so we'll get a grapefruit sizer we'll get a cranberry blueberry we'll get uh i don't know i'll i'll, I'll there's probably four or five of them that are i've not dipped my toe into the mead through. i haven't dipped my toe into no? the mead game yet no i've heard a lot of well this things. is a sizer so it's a cider mead blend oh, is that what they call that yeah. okay sizer c-y-s-e-r yeah. I have so much to learn. But then, yeah, the meads are, I guess, you know, they're kind of the next thing after, if I were to pick a trend, after yeah. sours, kind of meads they're are coming big. on all yeah. of a sudden. Yeah. Well, I'm hearing a ton more about them and more places are starting to carry them, yeah. I think. So, yeah. so we have one of those, and then we have a few uh, ciders from uh, Two Fools in our cooler. So it's like, again, we're trying to stay local Something with for all everybody. our stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, like we're not trying to take, you know, beers from across the country just because they're popular we're trying to stay kind of local and make our beer local and make our other drafts local too so yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> imperial oak doing big things yeah yeah so i mean is there anything you guys want to wrap this up on i mean we got we're looking at nine percent battery we got two two hours and 18 <laughs> minutes under sorry our belt. about that don't don't apologize huh? the, i'm looking for the length man that sounds super creepy, but yeah. I'm looking for the length. <laughs> well, I guess we could take it into a whole other realm. I yeah. Don't know. <laughs> so for we got there, there. There'll be you guys said like close to once a month. You're doing like a barrel age yep. release. That's a, last that's a, Saturday yeah. usually. That's usually. a big deal. Yeah. That's and a big deal for everybody. We love those barrel age releases. So yeah, and then we release those right when we open, and we get a good lineup, and then we usually have a food truck at the same time, and then. Uh, you know, people just kind of filter in throughout the day and grab bottles and grab uh, pints or snifters usually of, of the high gravity. And then we'll do some infusions for that day, too. So like I was mentioning with the last one with the double D's, we did uh, orange uh, chocolate, which was kind of that chocolate covered orange candy yep. inspiration. But we do all kinds of weird inspiration or uh, infusions that, you know, we did one with uh what is it? Thai pea flower, which is a blue flower that comes off the pea plant. That, what you know, in the hell are right? you talking about? Right I now? have some sorrel flower, which is a Jamaican version of uh, hibiscus, kind of. It's bright red. It'll make the beer pink. And, you know, we use nuts. Like, that's one of our biggest thing is, like, I toasted macadamia nuts and, and uh I don't know, pistachios and pecans and all that stuff. So we, we're always trying something a little weird and crazy that we don't have access to just on the shelf at, you know, your regular grocery store or whatever. So, And those don't go in bottles or cans either. So if, you're, if you want to try some of our weird stuff, Be here. you're going to have to come here. And yep. that's kind of the idea. It's like we have a fun space. Come and join us. Yes. You're not going to, yeah, you're not going to regret coming here. If you want to try anything, you have to come here because yeah, it's not right. real. It right. well, I mean, if you, <laughs> if you got a buddy that'll send you a bomber right, of something, right. you can get it that way. But you you're a, not going to find they any they of refer our to infusions. Those as mules, in those. yeah, <laughs> you yeah, got a the beer mules. mule, right? Well, but not necessarily. I don't want to, you know, corner everybody into a mule because it's like some of those 
quote unquote mules are getting beer back from the West Coast or Dude, from South Dakota mail. or beer whoever's mail making beer. Beer a real yeah. thing. I'm just getting reintroduced to that based on these Facebook groups I've joined. Man, these dudes, they get it like five days a week. They're getting they're getting stuff from the East Coast, the West Coast, and they're sending out stuff from their place. And yeah, I used to do in Texas taping trades like that for music, and now it's like oh, it's, yeah, it's I remember more beer. Boot, the old bootlegs. You know, the bootlegs, yeah. you know, the I got fish this shows. new Matt Nathanson, uh, yeah. <laughs> Howie Day, stuff like that. Yeah, that's crazy. All right, sorry, I didn't mm-hmm. mean to sidetrack. But <laughs> first, all right, let's, all right, let's end it on this. I seriously and 100% honestly appreciate you guys sitting down with me and doing this podcast. I think people are going to really love to hear you guys' story on the podcast. So This went extra long because you had imperial pain, and then it just ripped you. I had the pain, you. baby. I had the pain. <laughs> you guys brought the pain on me. Brought me down to 6% battery. All right. <laughs> oh, but Brent and Grant, uh, Brett and Grant, I'm sorry. I, I, mix, I keep mixing it. I told him I was going to screw that up, but... I really appreciate you guys. Is there anything you'd like to sign off on? Anything else you'd like to talk about before we before we call it? Go beer. Before yeah. I no, thanks for having us. Winter is coming, and it's, it's starting. Oh, it's, it's not coming. It's here. It's here. All right. All right Cheers, everybody. For, for Average Joe's Above Average Beer Podcast, this is Joe, and I've been joined today by Imperial Oaks' own Grant and Brett, um, brewers and owners and guys with a lot of skill and a lot of heart and a great space so Fun time. make sure you get out to willow springs and check it out and in the summer hopefully you can enjoy the bike trails around it and the picnic tables and the good times around here so for for these two and myself we are out of here we gone